Mick? Who are you from? Oh, Mick's dead. Oh. Yeah, and I accidentally uh, stomped on him on the bridge. I've just feel, felt so guilty. I've been carrying him around all day. Oh, Mick, you're alive! He's alive, guys. What was your question again, bro? Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hoffy Coffee Cast. Of course, I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I am Reese Jones. And today we are returning to our review of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, diving into phase three. So we're gonna be looking at Captain America's Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guards of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and of course Black Panther. We decided we're going to split this into two parts because the phase three is a big phase. And I don't think you want to like hear us for six hours talk about Marvel. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you. I can listen to myself talk for six hours, but <laughs> I, I, I don't think everyone shares our view. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, since doing this podcast, I've actually gone, grown, liking my own voice. <laughs> you arrogant bugger. <laughs> Narcissistic, isn't it? Narcissistic, isn't it? <laughs> no, but that, that's what this is for, isn't it? At the end of the day. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, like, as much as, like, we want everyone to hear our voices, we want, like, to, you know, I, improve I, upon our own, like, I, public speaking I, and whatnot. I also, um, I also do, like, bedtime stories. So, um, that's my other podcast. So, I, oh. uh, I, I send people to sleep with my soothing voice. <laughs> You'll be competing with uh, Tom Hardy on CVB's next. <laughs> um, oh, God. I remember Joe Rogan. Like, sometimes, like, I listen to a Joe Rogan podcast, like, at night, and sometimes, like, his voice makes me go to sleep. I don't know why, but his voice is, like, <laughs> his, his voice is, like, not really that smooth, but somehow, like, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, he has got quite, like, a, a regulated voice, so it's yeah. quite, like, it's not that jarring. Yeah. No, but when when he's talking, it's like, oh, I can go to sleep, and suddenly you got like, like just a guess, and it's like some guys like, like got like I don't know some like like uh, smoker's cough or smoker's yeah. voice, and it's like, oh god. <laughs> I, I I tell you like who's like he's really like I, I don't want to be nasty, but, like someone who's like really like it's well, let's just say he hasn't got a very smooth voice is um, <laughs> uh, Joey Diaz. Yeah, Joey Diaz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No dog. <laughs> the coke and marijuana dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love the guy, but um, um, oh so... yes, so so we're gonna split this into two parts. So yeah, we're gonna be looking at Captain America: Civil War up to Black yeah. Panther today, and on Saturday we're gonna be looking at Infinity War all the way to Spider-Man: Far From Home. And in the future, we'll be doing a future of MCU uh, video where we could be looking at. Well, phase four, really, and beyond. Oh, it's going to be good. I mean... It's going to uh, be sweet. Before, before we like start, like, have you been watching anything this week? Or? Um, I have watched the first episode of Lovecraft Country. Mm. I am really impressed so far. Um, I, right. well, before like, we started, you were saying like, you, you highly praised the show. I would say, well, I wouldn't say I highly praised it because, you right. know... There's, there were some shows I've highly praised at the start, and they turned out to be like awful endings. 
Yeah. So, um, so obviously, I, w- I would highly praise it, but I do like the concept. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing more. And there's a book out as well. So when the show finishes, I'm probably going to like get the book and read it. Oh, nice. But um, it's really, I, oh, I won't spoil anything because obviously it came out like two days ago. And of course, you haven't watched fully all of it, uh, yeah. Reese. So I won't spoil it. But um, I'll say if you want something that is weird, like <laughs> sci fi ish, you know, quality TV, because, yeah. you know, it's um it's not TV, it's HBO, uh, that old uh, saying. Then uh, watch <laughs> um, Lovecraft Country. Um, this week I, I watched Bridge of Spies, and yeah. I got to say, I I'm I've been quite critical of Steven Spielberg for the past couple of years. Like I don't think he's been on form in terms of his no, like, direction. Hasn't. No, case in point, uh, Ready Player One, and also the BFG. Yeah, and like obviously, maybe it's because it's all CGI. Maybe it's it's no real direction. You know, it's all, uh, well, from a studio, isn't it? It's all like just well digital. And um, but yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Bridge of Spies. I thought um, Mark Rylan- uh, Mark Rylance was brilliant in it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he won an Oscar. For, yeah, he won the Oscar because um, best supporting actor, right? Yeah, because he. Um... He was on par with, um, what was he? Yeah, he was uh, up against, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Ah, right. Because Sylvester Stallone won the, Os- the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor for Creed. Ah. And everyone thought uh, he was going to win it, but Mark Rylance yeah. uh, won it. And um, to, to be fair, as much as I liked Creed, yeah, I think Mark Rylance deserved yeah. that more. Because it was just like a sort of, a calm or like so yeah. you you can tell that he's essentially like he, he's shit in a brick yeah but he's because of it's like training or because he's such a like a well i wouldn't say a successful spy but because he was a spy you can tell that he's doing well in hiding yeah. his like is uh well his doubts i i, I, th- I thought he was brilliant in it you know yeah. I mean? tom hanks is always good yeah um yeah i, I mean it's good because it's sort of, I like anything to do with the Cold War as well, and that sort of Cold War espionage. Yeah. And and to see a sort of um, a spy uh, trade-off, you know, and you always see like, oh, they're always like doing a spy trade-off over a bridge. It's because of Bridge of Spies. It's the famous, um, I'm going to butcher the word, but it's Glienicke yeah. Bridge. You know, and it's very, I think that's what established this sort of... Um, Cold War, like you know, spies. Yeah, and yeah, and, it's, it's, yeah. It's really, and good. I think one of the, especially a book that I read years ago that is like that is the spy came from the cold by John yeah. Carr, and it has yeah. that very because Berlin, East Berlin and West Berlin, the divided Germany in throughout the Cold War was a very significant um, location for a lot of its espionage. KGB spies, British spies, American spies, and you know, and um, obviously the Bridge of Spies comes to um, the whole point that a, a KGB spy is found out and arrested in America, yeah, and then a um, American pilot, the US pilot, 
Yeah, he's got, um got, he's a pilot of a YouTube. Yeah, thing. a YouTube yeah. play. He he went down in um Russia, and then they obviously ca- captured him. So they did yeah. a spice swap, and yeah. obviously it's all about this. Tom Hanks plays this lawyer that is defending yeah. uh, Mark Romance's character, and yeah. he gets hated throughout America because he's defending like the enemy mm. and all that. Well, it's, it's it's really good because it sort of shows how. Um, you know the the power play between um, uh, America and its American backed countries, so like you know West Germany, and then also between um, the USSR and East Germany. Yeah, it's yeah. really good because it was sort of, you know, um, you know, so Russia was trying to return um, the the pilot uh, Francis Gary Powers, and there was also another spy. Uh, and sorry, sorry, what he wasn't a spy. But uh, East Germany thought that he was a spy. Yeah, yeah. Because he was found with um, he was a he was a thesis student, uh, and he was doing it on something like East German. Uh, I think it was trade or something. Yeah. So they found it, you know, and they they just held him without charge. You no know, one. Uh, well, there's no evidence they tortured him, but you know, in the end, this one lawyer managed to negotiate, you know, uh, the trade off of this USSR spy. And two um, two individuals, so it's, it's very uh, it's very good. It's sort of like how like this who will, and it's very tense. You know, it's like yeah, there was two, yeah. two trade offs. So this uh, student who was thought to be a spy, he was traded off at Checkpoint Charlie, and they needed to do it simultaneously. Yeah. So whilst that was happening at Checkpoint Charlie, on the Gleenacre Bridge, they were exchanging um, uh, Rudolph Abel for Gary Powers. Is it, it was very good, yeah. And I uh, and um, I'll say Steven Spielberg has always been, you know, good. He's a good director. Like some films, yeah. like his direction isn't that good, but I feel like obviously his direction is not really in this film. not on par with something like Schindler's List, you know, or yeah, something like yeah. that. But what I do like about this film is the cinematography and his direction of um, Berlin, East Berlin. Yeah, especially yeah. and one of the scenes that really like gripped me is when Tom Hanks's characters on the train going into um, I think East Berlin or arriving in Berlin, and he sees a guy running trying to climb over the fence into West West Berlin, and then he gets shot. Yeah, and that's like gripping and powerful because like what like like it's like it's two different worlds exist in this one city. Mm. Which, and um... in, and he go and the scene where he goes to like East Berlin. Yeah. And compared to West Berlin, like it's a completely yeah. different place. Like it, it, it's really good in that. Like it, it feels like abandoned. The... Yeah, it feels yeah. like yeah. Like West Berlin was like on obviously yeah. like like the most economically like powerful area. Um, yeah, you know it was it was very modernized. Well, it, I mean, it was rebuilt, didn't it? And yeah, yeah. East Germany wasn't rebuilt no, no. since and, the uh, yeah. Second World War. And you go to East Berlin, it's like it's like the cheap a. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. there's cr- a lot of crime. There's, yeah. you know, there's obviously like a totalitarian like feeling yeah. to it as well. And it's like entering a different world. And it's, me- yeah. and it's absolutely mental to think that like it actually happened. This actually was in one city, yeah. like two worlds in like one city. Yeah. I mean, th- that's where I probably, like, obviously, it's very different, but that's where like, um, uh, Atomic Blonde, mm. it's, it's and and uh, it's graphic novel, The Coldest City, because it's yeah. just basically it's that who like 
you know, there's an air of sort of um, quiet, like unease. Yeah. In that, you know, everybody's trying to get along with their life. And, you know, obviously it's, it's high culture, you know, like the 80s culture. But it's just, there's always like the looming threat of war. Yeah. Because, you know, you're living like essentially next door with your mortal enemy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, Berlin's a lovely city anyway. I've never been. I knew you want. I knew you really, really it's, need to it's go. It's very Berlin. good. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's a very impressive city. Yeah. Well, I mean, Germany is a very nice country. People are very nice. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Let, let's uh, whew, on that massive uh, bombshell. Let's uh, start on um. What what is the first one? It is. The MC Phase Three. Is it? Yeah. So. Captain America's Civil War, Aha. directed by Winter Soldier directors Russo Brothers and Senior Joe Russo, yeah. and this is the this is basically Avengers two point five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I basically I'll say so. This this is more this is an Avengers movie and a Captain America movie. Yeah, but yeah. is in reality it's really a Captain America movie because it's yeah. really all about Captain America. His relationship with Bucky, you know, yeah. and all that, and it's really, yeah, it's all about like Captain America's like view of the world and like yeah how it's changed and all that. And well, too much, I mean, too much, I, I, I like the um, the Winter I, Soldier. Now. Yeah, like, what what started off in the Winter Soldier is carried on here. Yeah, yeah, and I I do like the um, where it's the mix the mix everything and literally the spark of it. The spark of all this, this clash, because basically, right, I'll, I'll I'll say a bit of background to it. So, uh, Marvel, um, the Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios, they found out that uh, DCEU were going to make a Batman Superman film, which obviously came out and wasn't really that great. Uh-huh. Uh, what's our DC Universe episode uh, for further further commentary on that? Uh, so uh, Marvel, so Marvel, were like, okay, we need to do like a, we need to like do the same. We need to do like a, uh, you know, superhero against superhero and all that, like like a civil war. And obviously, civil war is like a very prominent, very important, significant um, graphic novel, uh, comic book in um, Marvel. And um, there's there's two. I think that, yes, there's Civil War two as well. I haven't read um, Civil War two, but I read the Civil War comic, and that that's amazing. So when they, this, I think this was like last minute. I think they they added this in like the, at the at the end, like the last minute. It was like, oh, we're doing a Civil War film, but I do like it because it does set up like all the events that happen in Infinity War and Endgame, which is good. Yeah. And we, you know. And obviously, this idea of like superhero ideology clashing, um, you know, the idea of like uh, Steve Rogers against Tony Stark. We had a sneak peek of it in um, Age of Ultron, yeah. and this is carried over. But really, I, I do like this. But and it's all about really like obviously, superheroes need to be responsible for their actions, and yeah. Um, and it's all about like uh, yeah, but basically like they're um, the government trying to control them, really. Yeah, yeah, trying to monitor them, to restrict yeah. them because as as they show, like 
um, obviously you've got the uh, the Battle of New York, you've got the events in London, you Sokovia. have Sokovia, <laughs> then you had um, also the the events in Nigeria, I think it was. Um, I think it was I, Nigeria I in Age Ultron. Let me just. Have it a wasn't about. Yeah, it wasn't um, Wakanda. It was as. But they do mention Wakanda. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, and also then you had the that event in the beginning of the film when they're fighting crossbones. Um, I can't remember where that location is, but um, and that and basically, um, obviously, a, a second secondary um plot to that is a, a Scarlet Witch, and obviously at the beginning she causes this explosion that kills like a bunch of people. Um, so what are you referring to is um, uh, you know, they're stopping those sort of former um, uh, Hydra agents yeah, in yeah. Lagos. Yeah, they, Lagos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, obviously, um, Crossbones um, throws a bomb, and uh, Scar- Scarlet Witch tries to like control it with her powers, and it blows up and it kills a, a bunch of people. And then yeah. it follows her like in a kind of secondary plot. Yeah. Um, that where she feels guilty what she done because I would say that like after what she's done after what happened in uh, Lagos that's when um, Thunderbolt Ross and the government come in and they're like right right we need we need to control this you need yeah. to be responsible for your actions and obviously one side you've got Captain America who's like oh no you know about freedom and stuff like yeah you know I don't want to be like controlled by by a government, and then Tony Stark on the other on the other side. That's like, well, I think we need to be controlled, and obviously then there's a clash yeah. of, of um, ideas. I mean, I like how they sort of they, they you know I mean obviously it's more epitomized with um, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark, but I think yeah. it's really good how you had this like you know the poster boy of like in World War Two, you know, fighting for American freedom, blah blah blah. Uh, in Steve Rogers, and then what happens with when he's defrosted, you know, in the uh, the events of the Winter Soldier, he sees that the world isn't, you know, sunshine and rainbows yeah, support yeah. Uh, Rocky, but like he, he's more um, skeptical of of what like the powers that be, yeah, like what they want, yeah. and he thinks that they should be more independent to work towards like the greater good, whereas yeah. you have like you know like the billion billionaire playboy uh, philanthropist Tony Stark who started off like that he wanted he didn't want any oversight but now he's starting to change he's starting to see the results of his actions have consequences yeah and he and he realizes that maybe we're too good for you know like we're, maybe we're um we're too powerful for our own good yeah yeah and obviously seeing what happened with him trying to save people in Age of Ultron He's now realised. Well, I, I mean, obviously, the the straw that broke the camel's back was um, that lady who said that um, her son had died. I, I forget yeah, yeah. who that was, but yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, that's meant to be a reminder. But it's it's all it's a culmination of all these events that he's been through, and he started. You know, because you got to think, it's Tony Stark that started the Ultron crisis. It's him that started. Um, the well, it's an arms race, and it? the Iron Man arms race is his fault. You can you really, can, yeah. You can so tell he's that... starting to see that maybe they need oversight. Yeah, you can tell that like Tony Stark has some guilt in him from it. Yeah, and I feel definitely. like guilt is something that drives him in this film as well. Yeah, and obviously 
as you said about Captain America, you know, World Two poster boy, and he's come out of like his world to like what the world that he grew up in to his new world where it's very different. Uh, the government has more like control over the people, like questions of freedom, of freedom and all that. Yeah, ideas have made make America like like you know America strive on like the land of free and all that. Yeah, and obviously Steve Rogers still has those you know those you know those ideas those beliefs and and then this carries on into civil war and really like the spark because i like you know this is this is the thing like i like doing like when you look at like any revolution or history or any event that starts off anything like a disaster or a war and stuff there's always like a background so there's always like something like in the background it's like and then you got the spark the spark that yeah. kicks off. So, for example, um, trying to, um, yeah, I, I would say like um, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Arguably, the American War of Independence started yeah, with the yeah. Boston Massacre. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I'll say that was really the um, the spark, the spark really. Yeah. And obviously, the the Americans were very resentful towards the British about taxes and all that. Yeah. And then the Boston Massacre was like the spark, and it was, and that's when it all really kicked off. An example could be, another example could be, um, uh, well, even like um, the uh, um, trying to think now, like the um, the Russian Revolution. So you got this bazaar building up, and then obviously, then you got obviously, obviously the Russian losing in World War. World War Two was uh, World War One was a spark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even I, I'm gonna say this quite topically, but like this whole like priest brutality that's happened in America and always happened in America, like priest brutality against African Americans, and then George Floyd was, you know, it, I know it's quite like recent to talk about, but he was a spark. His death was a spark. I, I, th- I think that's a good idea, though. I, yeah. I think I think yeah. uh, it's very apl- applicable because, yeah, like. And, and I mean, it, it was broadcast on arguably every news outlet, so everybody saw, and it started. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go so far as to say a revolution, but no mass, like disgusted what these police are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but obviously, coming back to uh, Marvel, um, the civil yeah civil war you had like obviously this fueling like tension between uh, Tony and. Steve, and then obviously, and Bucky Barnes is drawn in. He's like accused of a um a crime, terror attack against the UN, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and Steve's like, oh, I need to help my best friend, and he's like, need to bring him in, and that's the spark. Then, yeah, because the whole spark is like Captain America wants to save uh Bucky, and Tony's like, need Mm. to bring him in, and then obviously, then you've got um. Obviously, then you got Captain America's team. Then you got like Tony Stark's team. Yeah, but do, don't you think like the story of Helmut Zemo in this? He is probably he's well. I mean, I'm very biased in in this regard, but I think he's one of the most compelling villains in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more so than Loki because Helmut Zemo. He does. He's not evil. He doesn't think what he's doing is bad. He just he thinks that the Avengers are too powerful. They yeah. they need to be brought down. Like they 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 aren't really heroes. They're just 
these, you know, like they think they're heroes. That's his, that's his thing. You know, like if he was evil, he would have released those, um, uh, those super soldiers, like the other winter soldiers, wouldn't he? But like, he killed yeah. them all because he knows that these soups, they, they're too powerful. They, they yeah. can't be allowed to control, like to, to torment people. Cause I mean, his, um, obviously it's not true, but he thinks that it's because of the Avengers that his family died. Yeah. You know, I mean, what what is Helmut Zemo got? Maybe, you know, like maybe on like the Marvel Wikipedia, he's got something like, I don't know, genius intellect or like peak physical uh, condition, but he hasn't got any like superpowers. No, you know, yeah, he, he hasn't got any like enhanced abilities. He is he's a well, he's a very intelligent man, very tac- ta- uh, tactical man. But he, I don't know, I, I really like him, and I I like the decision not to introduce his helm. Um, his mask straight away. Well, obviously they were setting him up. For, yeah. Um, and Daniel Bull does a really good job as. Oh, he's uh, he's a brilliant actor. Him. Yeah. And obviously, um, Zemo's returning in the Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. TV show, and I feel like, I feel like his aim, his role in that is going to be pretty much the same as this. Yeah. Like maybe trying to, uh, you know, defeat Captain America, and you know probably the same. Um, you know, that caused trouble with Captain America because of this idea originally, like he has some Civil War where uh, the sea soup's too powerful. And, you know, it, obviously this is felt as well in like Batman Superman, not to a bet, not better. I say Civil War, like looked at better. It's like, obviously superheroes, it's like the, if you've got this tremendous amount of power and, uh, you know, even like, what was it like, Uncle Ben says, "A great power comes with great responsibility." Yeah, like an iconic uh, quote for like superheroes in general. Um, you got to be responsible. So if you're defeating an, en- an enemy, you have got to realize that it's going to create casualties. No one's going to like come out on un- unscathed and stuff. Yeah, and obviously, you know, like we like watching like superheroes fight each other and stuff like you know, yeah. and all that. But then obviously, you think about what doesn't re- like come into our head is oh in like in this universe people will die well and yeah yeah like you gotta think especially like in um uh say man of steel that like metropolis is essentially destroyed the whole city yeah. is destroyed yeah. because yeah these aliens are having a fist fight yeah and they're not gonna you know, they're not they're not gonna really blame the the villain are they like well no they, know, they're blamed no. like they want the scapegoat like and, the people in a Sokovia, I'm gonna blame. Oh, um, you know, um, oh, it's all Ultron's fault. No, they're gonna blame superheroes because they are. Yeah, that's the thing. Because they were there. <laughs> yeah, and these superheroes are be like the Avengers. You know, um, you know, we're gonna avenge the Earth and stuff. We're gonna protect the Earth. But then they do do more damage than good, really. Yeah, um... and like, not, yeah, I'm not saying that. Like, obviously, they intentionally want to cause destruction. No, but they do. It's um, yeah, collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, but do, do you do you like William Hurt portraying Thunderbolt Ross? I I think he does a good job. I think yeah. he does a brilliant job. He, I, I like William that, Hurt that, in general. That role of that, uh, you know, that cold, yeah. gen, militaristic, yeah, general. He, he fit. He fits well. He he has an air of like martial prowess. Yeah, I say? yeah. William Hurt portrayed William Marshall, I believe, in. Um, in Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. Yeah. And he does, a, I mean, he's a very small part, but he's very good. 
because he's a very tall man, you know, and he's got a yeah. quite a, um, a square face, so he looks quite martial. Yeah. But um, oh no, pun intended. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Thunderbolt Ross is a very uh, interesting character, anyway. So having him as the sort of um, hmm, secondary antagonist would you would you call him a secondary or like a tertiary antagonist? Because you have Helmut Zemo, who is essentially the primary antagonist. The secondary antagonist could arguably be well, well, well. It's it's more like it's more like the point of view or who thinks. Like, yeah. So obviously, yeah. Helmut Zemo is the primary antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Ross is the secondary antagonist. Well, I, th- well, I, 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 I think in he my is. opinion, yeah. I think Tony Stark is the secondary antagonist. Not, mm. but not, but through the view of Captain America. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what the film does really good. Is yeah, yeah. He, these heroes who you once looked at as like, oh, you love them. You, you, even like you, like you, you have to side with one of them. You yeah, feel like, oh, yeah. you know, team whatever. But yeah. um, I, I'll give a quick explanation of why I think uh, William, uh, sorry, why um, Thunderbolt Ross is a villain in this. I'd say like a secondary or tertiary villain because um, he's now the US Sec of State and he is the author, I think, of the Sokovia Accords. And Due to like all you know the events of like um Incredible Hulk, you know, obviously in the comics he hates the Hulk, he wants to like contain him. In the Hulk's absence, he knows that this, the next best thing are like the other soups. So he wants to like curtail their powers in a sense, like despite the heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you see him at the end of Incredible Hulk, like the post credits, and he's in a bar, he's drinking with his cigar, and who comes to gloat over him is Tony Stark. And I just think, after all that, he's now committed. Like, you see him, like, as the sec of state, and he's, you know, he's, um, he's scrubbed up well, he's wearing a suit, and you just think, oh, I, 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 well, in my mind, he's, like, he's hoping to pit them against each other. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's a, a total, like, tinfoil hat theory. I don't know if that's what they intended, but that's my little theory. So do you reckon this is like a long, like a long game he's playing? Um, uh, more, more so like a political game. I just yeah, think, yeah, you know, he he just wants to like stay in power now, probably. Um, and all... not maybe not to kill them, but to like just dis dispower uh, to unpower. Yeah, them, you know? yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, you know, the government know that. Oh, we, you know, these superheroes like they're really powerful. We need to control them. Yeah. And then we can use them then. Yeah. I mean, that's all, another thing, like, so career calls, okay, you, you know, we, we're restricting these super, superhero, these superheroes, but under these accords, we can ask you to go out and, I don't know, stop at, like, a war, um, you know, an anti-American war yeah. in, like, the Middle yeah. East and stuff. And but then, that, but then they're, they're agents of a government then, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Well, that's what the boys did look, look, look at as well, didn't they? Well, well I mean, they, they're trying to become, like, government... Uh, backed agents, but I think they're yeah. just like they're commercial yeah, uh, entities. Yeah. They work for commercial entities. Sorry, I I mean the boys. Obviously, we we can. I think we both like definitely want to do an episode on the boys like exclusively. Yeah. But I think it's really good. Like it shows that you know these heroes have a lot a lot of collateral damage, and th- there should be some recompense for all of the the trouble they cause or the hurt they cause. 
and yeah, I think I think it's yeah. really good. Maybe it'll be explained more in one division, but uh, but the Scarlet Witch in this one now she is you can you know, obviously you can tell like she's beginning to crack. And and bearing in mind also with Scarlet Witch, it's, she's only starting really getting used to her powers. Yeah. Like in the, what was it in um, Age of Ultron? She's locked in. She's locked in like a, a cell with. Like she's basically a lab rat with her brother. Yeah. Uh, Recipe piece Quicksilver. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like she's very obviously she had lost her brother as well. So she, you know, she's very she's not in the the stablest mind. Yeah. And she has got a lot of power, and you know, like. I think she has a lot of like untapped potential as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that yeah. that'll be explored in um yeah the multiverse of madness. But I'm I'm also glad I didn't use Thor or Hulk in this because I feel like whether side yeah. has Thor or Hulk, it'd be, they'd be a bit OP, and I feel like this yeah. is very on par with each with yeah. um I mean each other. It's obvious, like you know, they wanted the right amount for um. Yeah. I think I I think I said this in the in uh the phase two podcast we did but i think i said like it's a bit obvious in uh age of ultron they just like you know hastily wrote them out but obviously yeah. it does work in this because yeah. as you said they need to be balanced yeah you know and they need to like almost like they are um uh equally matched um definitely well i'm to remember now who's on uh which team so tony stark's team we've got tony stark we have got um Rhodey. Yeah. Yeah. The we have machine, got, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got the Charla, Black Panther. We have uh, uh, Black Widow. We have Vision. And we have Spider Man. Is that it? I think. Um, I think. I think, I think that's, that's it. it. Yeah. yeah. And then on Captain America's team, we've obviously got Captain America. We have uh, Ant Man. We have uh, Bucky Barnes. Oh, sorry. On Team Iron Man, did you mention Spider Man? Yeah, I did. Ah, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, um, so, yeah. So on Captain America's team, we have uh, obviously Captain America, Bucky Barnes, Scarlet Witch, um, Ant Man, and uh, oh, who else? There's another one, isn't it? Like uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, uh, so lo- looking at um, Tom Holland as Spider Man and Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. What do you think of the, their character introductions to the MCU? I like it because it, um, it fits, like, obviously, T'Challa's father gets killed in this explosion. So he has a motive, a to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to send him in. And obviously, he's involved in, in the in chasing after Bucky Barnes. And you've yeah. got that scene in, um, on the road with, um, obviously, Captain America, Bucky, yeah. and uh, Black Panther. I have to say, like, I thought it was re- it was very refreshing oh, we to forgot, see Spider Man. Sorry, we forgot about Falcon. Aha, uh-huh, yeah, Falcon, well, who's Falcon. on Team uh, Cap. Yeah, um, I, I like I liked how Spider Man was introduced. I thought it was very refreshing that that you see an introduction to Spider Man without the whole um, origin story, like yeah, like yeah. loads of baggage, you know. Yeah, like well, we we already know the origin story, so exactly. Why does it need to be t- told again? Yeah. And we talk about this when we come to talking about homecoming, but yeah. I'm glad I didn't retell the origin. Exactly. But maybe, you know, maybe just... though we're a bit skewed because the last time we see um, Spider Man is uh, the Amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah. And that film was awful. So yeah. 
the next time we see Spider-Man, it's Tom Holland who brings a more, um, n- not childish, but like guileless yeah. performance. Yeah. And he's very, you know, he, he he's like, he's optimistic. You know, he's like, he's Spider-Man. He's, he's, the, a young he's, the friend. Spy- he's a young version of Spider-Man as well. Because like yeah, Andrew yeah. Garfield and Tim McGuire, like they're 20 Spider-Man. Yeah. But Tom Holland's more like 18. Yeah. 18, seven, you know, 18 old yeah. Spider-Man. Um, but oh, mate, um, it was so sick having Spider Man in this film. I remember so when, good. The, yeah. when they had a trailer with Spider Man in it, and like that, that was probably one. Of, I think that's like one of the most watched trailers of that year. Yeah, it was it, very good. It yeah. was so like Spider Man, like yeah. being in there, and it you know he does fit in well. And mm. I would say I, I praise the fight scene in the airport. It's very good. It's yeah. done really well. The Russo brothers did really well. We see a collection all of these superheroes' powers, um, and yeah, it, it was great. I, I loved the giant, giant uh, Ant Man. Yeah, giant uh, man. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was kind of spoiled because um, I, I used to go to like HMV, just like well, the pop, the pop funkers, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was looking at all the pop funkers, and I saw like you know, like you get like the really big ones, and it said Giant Man. And I was like, oh, for God's sake! So obviously. It was ruined then because I knew that was going to happen in the film. Pop Funkers have got like a like a, always. They always do it. They always like release stuff as that ends up being like spoilery. And it's like, yeah, they release it beforehand, don't they? They always release, yeah, it to kind of like big up the um, you know, the anti- well, maybe you've got to think, for the they're um, in um, the film, like, they're in like TV the show. press um stuff, aren't they? Yeah, like, on like the red carpets. A really popular thing now is um. Uh, so like press junkets and stuff will have like uh, Funko Pops and they'll get the actors to sign them. Yeah, and what's really funny is like, say there's an actor who hasn't got their own Funko Pop, they they'll have to like hold like another character's one, and it, oh it looks God. it looks really like it's disappointing. Like, it's, like, it's hot, your heart breaks. Your yeah. Like, um. Oh yeah. Uh. So yeah, that that scene was like really great. Yeah. The scene between um Iron Man and and Captain America at the end. I I I, I really like this. Um, yes. The other kind of plot with. Um, Winter Soldier killing um, Howard Stark. It was very good. Yeah, yeah, because obviously then yeah, Captain America is going to be torn between um, yeah Tony Stark and Bucky. Yeah, and even though like Tony doesn't get that Bucky was under control. Yeah, of well, you you, you see a more rational version of Tony yeah. Stark. Yeah, he's he's but... lost all rationality because he, he yeah. wants to avenge his parents. Yeah, and that's what Zemo takes advantage of. Zemo knows like oh these two are like the leaders of these two superhero teams. Yeah. And these, you know, these are the most prominent two superheroes. If I break them, break their friendship, then I bro- I've broken the, uh, the Avengers. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's probably introduced one of the, like the, the best like memes of our years, you know, mission report, December 16, <laughs> 1991. Very cool. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, um, <laughs> Oh god, and um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think else to say about this film. Yeah, I, like obviously the, those two fight scenes are great. I, I love that. how it sets up because it leads, as I said before, it leads to the Avengers being very fragile and yeah. stable by the time Thanos arrives in the yeah. Infinity War. Like, well, it, it shows that it shows the audience that they're not yeah. the. the you know the Saturday morning cartoon. Now we like we we knew like they they have like grievances against each other now. Even though even though this was 
like a last minute thing to do. Because I remember Captain America, the third film was going to be a secret society, and it was good. Yeah. Was it Serpent Society? Yeah. And it was going to, I think it was going to have Return of Red Skull. In oh, it. right. Um, so do you think they would have had him instead of Helmut Zemo? I think so, yeah. Or do you yeah, think it was I a totally think... different script? I think. I don't know much about the serpent. Is it serpent society? I, I believe that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would. They would have. I mean, it could be a different script. Right. They would. You wouldn't have like the whole Iron Man and Sokovia calls, and it would be something completely different. Okay. But they changed it, mm. and I think they obviously they yeah. realized, oh, we can fit it in and make it yeah. like in the Captain America. Okay. Because it's not called Avengers Civil War. Obviously, it's no, called no. the Captain America Civil War, yeah. and it's Captain America story. Yeah. So um. If, if you'd like, mate, I'd sort of like to talk about the um, post-credits, mid-credits at the end, so we can talk yeah. about, about them all together. Yeah. Would you want to go on to Doctor Strange? Yeah, let's go on and talk about Doctor Strange now, yeah. I I like Doctor Strange purely as a sort of, um, like, a cerebral or, like, a, a visual experience on its own. I know it's part of the MCU and superheroes, but I just like it, like, for the visuals Don't, on its uh... own. Don't watch this film while well, I said. Uh, uh, do you know that. by experience? No, no, I, I don't. But it's just like common sense. Like if you know what acid is, then I know. Then... Like especially, do you know like when he um uh, he's in the astral plane or whatever, and he looks at his hand, yeah. and on the end of his fingertips, little hands start growing, and and yeah. it was at that point I was like, it's tripping me out now. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. If if like I was like if I was like um on something, on, on something yeah, I would yeah. be like freaking out <laughs> yeah um this film i would say it's probably one of my not my not one of my favorites um yeah Marvel films. same same it feels a bit like coming out of civil war i don't know like dr strange um obviously it's, it's a good obviously it's a good setup for like it's another origin story for like a superhero yeah. really and that we've been used to those through like obviously the previous phases and stuff hmm. and um obviously i think yeah so um so it's not my favorite like it's one of the films i watch like over and over again yeah. obviously for the visuals and stuff but i do like ben the as the performance of dr strange and i feel like he is dr strange i don't think i could think of anyone else i remember Joaquin phoenix was ruined from the role of dr strange yeah but i think ben the he like fits that character really well. Yeah. I mean, I I, I like the character of Doctor Strange and the whole yeah. mythology around him. Yeah. Like, obviously, I, I said before, I, like, I used to play, um, I used to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance and he was in that and he was amazing. But then it was also, like, um, <clears throat> sorry, I like the who like, um, well, I, I thought it was really interesting how, like Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel took, uh, took a, a leap you know, they took a chance with expanding the world, uh, sorry, expanding yeah. the universe. And now they include uh, mystical elements as yeah. well as like um, interstellar elements. They've brought in a, like a, a more yeah. um, spiritual aspect. Yeah. Which is really good for stuff like the um, the Infinity Stones because arguably they're more spiritual than sci- sci- sci-fi. They're yeah. more fantasy elements. Which yeah. is very good because Doctor Strange introduced. Well, he's called the Sorcerer Supreme, you know, and, and he, may, he he's in control of magic. So yeah, um, and also like we introduced the Time Stone as well. So ah, yeah, this, this is no, this is like the 
the not the last Infinity Stone introduced. That's in Infinity War, but this obviously is a Time Stone, and uh, and it's, yeah. it's introduced here. And Doctor Strange is a Time Stone, and um, and that's obviously setting another setup for yeah. Infinity War as well. Um, I do like this film is directed by Scott Derrickson, which I think you know. It's, it's, he's, he's a good horror director. Like he's, uh, if you don't know, he's done uh, Deliver Us from Evil, Sinister, and the Day the Earth so still, and the Exorcism. Emily Rose. Yeah. He was going to come back and direct Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but uh, he, uh, he um, obviously um, idea conflicts. Uh, he left, but um, but it's it's weird. It's a little bit of a horror element to it as well. Like is 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 that, yeah, um, yeah. It's sort of more of like um, yeah, like a a psychological sort of like thriller. Yeah. How like you know they they can they can fight in you know across like dimensions now. You know they yeah. they, can, they can cross into the astral plane and and there's more. Of a, I I think they like with with um Doctor Strange. Sorry, with Stephen Strange's character, there was more of like a um a baptism by fire sort of like origin story. I know, like, superheroes are more like, you know, there's a tragic backstory and all this stuff, or, like, someone dies and they, they become a hero. But there's more of, like, a... um, he He's, like, he needs to learn this magic because he he's lost his, like, his skills uh, because he, he's lost his uh, motor ability in his hands due to that uh, yeah, yeah. car accident. And I thought it was really good, like... um, And... And if it follows kind of a similar way to Iron Man, because Iron Man, like Tony Stark in the first one, um, Stephen Strange is this very incompetent, like narcissist, full of himself, like surgeon. Yeah. And obviously after the crash, then he he changes and after he realizes, oh, the thing I made me so like you know great and stuff, I've lost. Yeah. So he goes to obviously learn to be um, the, the mystic arts. Yeah. And. He then obviously uses them for good and yeah. stuff like that. He, he like it's 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 character changes as well. Yeah, like it, it's, it's great. To, it's a similar way to uh, Iron Man's because yeah, you know Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man, he's like oh no, he only cares about himself and stuff like that. He doesn't care about like these weapons that um he's selling, mm. he's selling and stuff I, like I'd that. Argue, I'd happens. argue he takes on a, a more a larger character arc than Tony Stark in the first. Uh, first couple of Iron Man films, because, I mean, you see, like, you know, after his accident, he, he do, you, do you know, like, when he, when he, when he wakes up from his accident, he sees his hands are all, like, um, they're in, oh, I don't know what they're called, but they're sort of, like, this medical apparatus sort of keeps his hands still, because his hands are butchered, and it's, yeah. like, you know, what, what have they done? It's like, oh, they tried their best, and, you know, it's like, he said, oh, I could have done better, and you, you just see, like, his ego is he's like even though he's lost all his ability now he still thinks he could have done better but then when he tries to you know he undergoes the whole experimental stuff even even when he he's beginning to explore the mystic arts he's doing it because of his ego because yeah. he says he wants to help people but he knows that he wants to regain the the reputation that he enjoyed you know but i think it's good out by the end then he knows that he has this knowledge and he should use it for good, not just for his own benefit. I thought I thought it was more like progressive than uh, Iron Man. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, when is this? What? Where? What time in the sh- in the in the timelines is set? Because I, I, I don't really know. Like, um, apparently, it's it's set during the round about the same events of of Iron Man. Like, it's not. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. I, obviously, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's quite before, rough. Obviously, it's before Winter Soldier because um, in Winter Soldier they mention um, Doctor Strange, didn't they? Yeah. So it's before the, I think it's set during around the same time as Iron Man. Yeah. Like the events of uh two thousand eight Iron Man. I'm not, I'm looking up um because usually on the trivia says, but uh I, I think this is one of those films where they were trying to make a more it's more subjective, so it's more yeah up, up to the I mean it doesn't really matter. It's just that it's it's you know, think of it as, as in its own world. And only until like you know the, the the Avengers come together, that's when sort of the timelines converge. Yeah. Uh, so I know it's a bit of a cop out to say it doesn't matter, but I think it's more, you know, like you got to think like, you know, Stephen Strange could have because he's such so good, he wouldn't have had to learn that much between the events of Doctor Strange and um, and Infinity War because he's, yeah. he's 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 an expert anyway. Yeah. But I just think I I don't know. Uh, saying that maybe it is a cop out to just say, "Oh, it takes part, as, um, takes takes place with the rest of the MCU." I don't know. Um, I, I'm looking up to my trivia actually. This is quite interesting. Mm. So you know, um, Mordor. Oh, Baron Mordor. M- yeah, Baron M- Mordor. Mordor. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, he's like the secondary. Well, he's like the friend of Stephen Strange, and then he yeah sets up to be the next villain. Yeah, because he he goes against everything like the ancient one and you know the um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, the stand for. Mm. So he wears a green suit, and is a hint apparently to its eventual transformation into a villain, and it follows the yeah. traditions of um, Loki, Hela, and Quentin Beck, <laughs> uh, yeah, which is who is Mysterio. That's actually. Um, that's actually really interesting. I didn't, I didn't think about. It. Anyways, um, do you think that's like a, a Power Rangers thing where like all like the the bad guys were like originally Green Rangers? <laughs> if you think a, about it, yeah, that's, that's following the Power Rangers. Um, I do like uh, the whole Dumamu scene. Like Dumamu, I've come, I've come to bargain. Gets killed. Let's repeat yeah. it again. It's so funny. Well, I saw um. A thing. I don't know if it was like um, a trivia page, but it said the beginning of the film. So when he like, he, I think he when he is involved in the accident, he puts on his watch and he says the date, and the date is February second, and that is Groundhog Day. Which, oh, if you watch the film Groundhog God's Day, sake. it's the same day repeated over and over again, which happens at the end of the film yeah, with the yeah. Dormammu yeah. have come to bargain. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Think of that. It's mental. Oh god, I have no words. <laughs> but, um, uh, well, I I do like the film, but it's a bit of like the, the script is like a remake of this um this old film that came out in two thousand seven called Doctor Strange: The Sorcerer Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, I mean, have I not, I've not watched it, but I've it's good. It, yeah. It's very good. It, it's it's the same story beats as the film as the MCU film. But, it's an origin story then. Yeah, strange. But yeah. the the villain instead of um. Cassilius, uh, portrayed by Mads Mikkelsen, the villain is Baron Mordo. Okay. So he plays the the same role as Cassilius. Uh, he's um, corrupted by 
I think it's Dorma- Dormammu. I'm not sure. But he, he's a corrupted and then Doctor Strange needs to fight him. It's the same story, though. What's uh, Crusillus' aim in this film? I can't remember, but like he, he, he wants to um, bring... He's he, he summoned Dormammu, isn't he? I think he's just like an agent of chaos. He's just been corrupted. He wants to bring Dormammu's domain into like our universe or something. I oh, right, okay. He just, oh. You know, I think he wants to just help Dormammu, but he's been corrupted yeah. so much. He thinks he's, yeah. he thinks he's like he, he thinks he has his own um, uh, individuality, but it's been taken from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so he's it, obviously his villain is not really that great. It's like nah. the Marvel villains is like it's the oh, villain of the week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, it's like Doctor Strange. He's defeat him. Yeah. I mean, he like, I wanted to fight in like the, his origin story film. And stuff I, like I, I like Mads Mikkelsen, but yeah, his character was wasted. Yeah, but yeah, yeah and, as usual in the MCU. And if um, Modo um, is uh, brought back in the second one, he's gonna be like probably the main antagonist. Yeah, unless they set him up to be like the if they make a Doctor Strange trilogy, then he's like the last the antagonist of the third installment. Yeah, but we haven't heard much about um, the upcoming. Multiverse of Madness. Apart from, it's going to be look. Yeah, it's going to be going to the multiverse and looking exploring a bunch yeah. of multiverse. Uh, I'm I'm not and, sure if the director's been confirmed yet at all. Oh, it's uh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, Sam Raimi. See another one. Bring another horror director in to direct in. You see, you see Sam Raimi. Like, I don't know. Like, if he brings the whole like almost whimsical or like more satirical aspect to Multiverse of Madness, that'd work really well. Yeah. Because that may maybe like right, this is my own thing, but I want um I want the villain of Multiverse of Madness. Maybe it's gonna be Baron Mordor, but I want the villain to be Mephistopheles or uh, Mephisto, who is meant to be the MCU um devil. I know so Mephisto. He, yeah. He's the villain in the Ghost Rider films and comics. Yeah. I want him to be in it. And I want Baron Mordor to be a sort of like his pawn or maybe his like his his partner, you know. I don't think Baron Mordor should like succumb to him. I don't think he should be a minion. I think he should be like you know, they they join forces because they, they their motives align. Yeah. Sort of thing. And I, I, I think I think that would work really well. And I hope Sam Raimi brings a whole because Meph- Mephisto is like Dormammu and he's from another dimension, everything's a bit insane and like everything's a bit trippy do you know what i mean so it brings more and more horror gonna, as well yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be, it's gonna be like the mcu's first delve dive into like horror like the horror genre uh, the, the thing is like i don't think the mcu will will go fully horror. no it won't but yeah. It, it, yeah but obviously yeah, and there's rumors that the x-men are going to pay in this film that's how the x-men get introduced into oh, um don't Tempt me, Frodo. <laughs> no, we'll come to until about um, the future MCU yeah. um, episode. But um, any other thoughts on Doctor Strange? Um, yeah, I've said all I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it is a fun film. Oh, yeah, um, it is but fun. It, yeah. I, I feel like it's one of those MCU films that like you can watch time and again, but it's not like on par with say like Civil War, which yeah. you can like watch a lot. And it's a typical another origin superhero film, but you need to have like an origin film for Doctor Strange. Yeah. So um start we're gonna go next on to um Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, directed by James Gunn. This is the Ooh. first film, MCU film coming out in twenty seventeen. 
along with Spider-Man Homecoming and Full Ragnarok. 2017 was a good year for films, especially oh, like uh, Marvel films and um, and DC films, not counting <laughs> just Justice League. Don't count Justice League. How um, dare you say that name here? <laughs> how dare you speak? How dare you uh, say that blasphemy in this uh, so, Marvel podcast? 20, 2017 was a good year. I remember we both went to the cinema and we watched a midnight show in of Guardians of the Galaxy and then yeah. watched it back to back with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, two. yeah, yeah. Now, we were with... always, always guys wearing group yeah. t-shirts. Yeah, uh, well, under us, you know, the whole like, the, like the proper like. I mean, we're nerds, but they were real, like, like ultimate power nerds. Do you know, like even like when you're watching rewatching the first film, they were still laughing, and I thought that was a bit weird. But um, <laughs> it, I thought it was really good to see it back to back. Yeah, yeah, and it's good you can compare like the first one to the second, yeah. to the second one. Yeah, but I mean, but, I I like how Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two didn't take itself seriously. I liked how it was very whimsical. Yeah, I think the only thing I've got, the only problem I've got about this film, and I think I said it in the when we talk about the, the original first yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy in um, Phase Two, is so, the comedy doesn't sl- slide on me. Yeah, and I felt like the whole baby Groot stuff was just like really. They want to be like, oh, we got baby Groot. Let's uh, make him like so cute and like be all funny and stuff. And then after a while, at the beginning, it's like, oh, it's fine, it's funny. And then it's just so much in your face. And the same way, thing with the whole Drax yeah. thing. Like, okay, like, okay, he's like, you know, you know, his um, his upbringing and his views are very different. Like, yeah, make him funny and yeah. stuff like that. But in this film, there's they was having so they were pumping out so much of it. Yeah, I just I just didn't like enjoy I, it. I, I think that's that's um a, 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 a symptom of I think it's called sitcomization, where it's like yeah, a, a character's yeah. most common trait becomes exaggerated. Yeah, and he's constantly laughs, you know? doing it. Yeah, yeah, and like even the taser face. Uh, yeah, guys. after the first one's funny, but then the second time the film they could use it, yeah. it's like oh, it's not funny anymore. Yeah. I don't know, and maybe it, like Sean Gunn as well, like all his yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and obviously people go and probably think I'm such like the very boring guy. <laughs> he doesn't like, he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't like any comedy at all. I do, I do like comedy. Oh, but not when it's know. forced, isn't it? Not when it's forced, yeah. and it's just constant because I don't find Baby Groot, Groot like cute. Uh, I, yeah, I find Baby Yoda cute. Hang on, don't be a hypocrite. You like Baby Yoda, but not Baby Groot. <laughs> baby, no, good baby. I just want baby Groot just like really just annoying. It's like it was, and yeah. it was so much like there was, too, there was a lot of focus on baby Groot, and it's like oh, like yeah, it, like the beginning is funny with where they have uh, Mister Mister Blue Sky, and that uh, was very good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that, that that was funny, but um, but it, I think it was, it was a bit too much in your face. Yeah, and I don't know whether that's James Gunn script or that is just Disney. It's like okay. People like this in the first Guardians, yeah. you've got to have more of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, apart from the comedy and you know, yeah, uh, me being boring. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it was hinted that in the first one that uh, Star Lord, so Peter Quill, he's not fully human. Yeah. And in this one, he's revealed to be the son of a Celestial. Yeah, celestial is that, is that what, what ego? ego is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's celestial so, being. Yeah. What's your opinion of changing ego from um, just a li- living planet to more of a celestial role, or more of a like? Um, 
because because in in the comics, I think I think um, I think the father's called Jason of the Spartoi or the, of the Spartans. I think his name is, and he's like a king of like an alien race. Why? Oh, what's his name? I think it's like a Jason of the Spart. I I look it up real quick. But um, is that is that more like Eternals like kind of area? Um, I'm not sure about that. But he, he's like, um. I I remember um when they when they said that Kurt Russell was going to play ego ego yeah. he's going to be like um st- um Peter Cole's, uh Star Lord's father yeah and I was like okay as it's going to work he's a planet but I do like they incorporate him to an actual being yeah like um and I would say as well like uh, what do you think of oh, I don't know what to think of ego I it's not like the, I don't think he's a villain of the week. But I don't think he's on par with, say, like Loki as like a villain. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, I, I, um, he's he's more like megalomaniacal. So, like, yeah. I mean, that's an excuse for like not having a more co- um, complex backstory or complex yeah. villain because he's just he wants he wants world like sorry he wants universal domination. But his 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 excuse is that he wants, <laughs> but he, he wants a friend for the ride as well. Yeah, but do you think he, he wanted a son? So he wanted like a legacy almost. Or do you think he just wanted like a a, a minion to help him? I think he wanted. Um, I think he wanted a minion, but yeah. then he obviously he knows oh how can manipulate um, yeah Peter Quill to like because obviously he's the father and stuff and all that, and you can manipulate him. And he said, oh, "I can turn to my side and stuff." Yeah, and obviously that was working. Before he said that he put a tumor in his yeah. mother, that's what killed her. And then Stardust like, "What the actual fuck?" Yeah. And then yeah, I, and I gotta say, like someone like the human as well is quite like out of place. Like, do you know? Um, I yeah. mean, it was, it was funny at the time, but like, do you know when um they you know they they have like a tiff, and then um ego turns into David Hasselhoff, and yeah, and, and it's more of like shock humor than anything. Yeah, like re- rewatching it, you're like, oh, that's a bit stupid, you know. It's like, I mean, I'm I'm sounding a bit like, oh, you know, nothing's funny, but I don't know. I thought it was a bit like, you know, cause they had like David Asloff to do like um an eighties like version of the theme tune, so they were just like, oh yeah, just like check him in. It's just like, oh, this is what like G- uh, Peter Quill wanted as a father. It's a bit. I I don't find that music video funny. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's not. I don't know. Maybe because it's not like. No, maybe if I lived in the eighties, that was like yeah, gimmick thing to enjoy. But I just find it really just not funny. It's eighties nostalgia for the sake of eighties nostalgia. But this this film is the main theme is fathers and sons and family. Yeah. So I think mainly family. So obviously you've got um, Star Lord and his father, and also then his other father Yondu. And at the end, you realise Yondu is more of a father to Peter than. Yeah, ego, I, and I, then I gotta say, like Michael Rooker is very good in this. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And I know. I know he's it, been like in the first one. He's been like, oh, look at him. Look, he's blue. Funny, funny. He, but like in he, this, he, yeah, he's really playing good. like Merle, like a Merle, like like Merle Dixon, really yeah. in the version in Guardians One. But then he's a bit more pers- like it's a bit more like personality given yeah. to him in this one like yeah. he's not just this like well, y- y- rough rough bandit yeah you're right in that um 
he wants family as well. So the family element goes to him because yeah, yeah. He, he has been ousted from what he knew as a family. So like well, the, the, the Ravagers. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Ravagers. Yeah. So like, Which is the original Guardians. Yeah, but like... Um, I like how, like, you know, he strives to sort of redeem himself in the eyes of his friends, you know, like the original, yeah. like, um, Ravagers, because he, he messed up. So, like, and he, and he, he wants to redeem himself. But, yeah. but he knows what he is. He's like a, a chaotic, like, mercenary or, like, you know, an agent of chaos. And that's the only thing he knows. But he knows yeah. that, like, by helping Peter Quill, he can sort of help to undo some of the hurt he's caused. Yeah, definitely. And um, also, then you've got the whole family theme with Gamora and Nebula, ah, and yeah. it's like these are sis- these are sisters that like are supposed to dislike each other, but you know they're always like in conflict with each other because Nebula like has been obviously brought up by she's got that uh, dislike to um, that love hate with Gamora because yeah. Gamora was like found well, favorite daughter. She, she has Nebula. an inferiority complex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously Nebula, like, she has a love-hate with her sister, so she always wants to, like, fight her sister yeah. and stuff. And she, it's, like, really inside she's hurting because, obviously, mm. Thanos, like, like, basically broke her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, obviously, that carries on to yeah. the um, Avengers uh, mm. Infinity War in game as well. But, um, and, yeah, and um, I do like the introduction of, uh, of Mantis... Yeah, and um, even um, Elizabeth the Bink, the Beaky character. Ah, uh, yeah, Aisha. Aisha, of, of the sovereign. Of, yeah, 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 and um, obviously that's through her. That's when we're gonna get the introduction of Adam Warlock. I mean, I hope they um, they they reincorporate Aisha's character. You know, in that like she becomes a more like a when they eventually introduce Adam Warlock, she's like the. Maybe a sort of like a Grendel's mother character, or like a um, yeah, almost like a Cersei character to Adam Warlock. That uh, he, she tried to manipulate Adam Warlock to suit her, her needs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, I think the in, introducing her, and especially she's got like you know you got like a Elizabeth the Beaky's like a big upcoming actress right now. Yeah, like obviously she's she's in a Tenet, and um, she's recently going to be cast she recently been cast in the crown yeah diana yeah yeah so um she's up and coming and um i think if they're gonna go with adam warlock in guardians 3 she's gonna be in it as, again yeah as well and i, I think she's gonna be that character like that cersei style character adam warlock yeah and i wouldn't be surprised adam warlock's the main villain of guardians 3 i hope he is yeah yeah be really good because yeah. they, they need someone who's like a match don't they they I don't... thought Adam Warlock was going to be like the the guy who's going to introduce an endgame, who's going to kill Thanos, because he obviously kills Thanos. Yeah. I'm wondering how they're going to in- incorporate this character. Oh, well. But but I think in Volume 3, you're going to see the return of the uh, the Ravagers. Yes. Um, as well. And, um, and I don't Re- know Reintroduce Tears of Face. Tears of Face didn't die. It's fact. Did he actually die? Uh, I think it's, it's hinted at that he died. Yeah. Hang on, did, did you see him die? Let me just look at it. I can't remember. I can't, I I'm can't not sure remember. if um, you see him being impaled by the arrow. Yeah. I'm not sure though. Let's have a look. But I think James Gunn did a good job with Volume 2. Again, yeah. shows he knows what he's doing with uh, 
with uh, the Guardians. I'm glad he's come back for Guardians. Oh, right. So, Taserface is is killed in the explosion of the Collector. So, the ship he was on, it explodes and he he dies. Oh, okay. Hashtag hashtag Taserface lives. (laughs) It worked for Ahsoka. Bring her back. (laughs) Um, And this this film is set straight after... um, Guardians yeah. one, so obviously yeah, before Infinity War, mm. and it's basically it's basically like, oh, what are the Guardians doing at this time, and obviously expanding more mm. on the, um, the the space, the cosmic yeah. aspect as well. I I, I like the how like at the beginning they're just doing mercenary work for the mm. the sovereign. I like that because it shows like it's not like Star Wars where the goodies always do good things. The, the Guardians of the Galaxy are a mercenary company. Yeah, they, that's the art. I yeah. mean, if if like you know the need arises, they do good things. But otherwise, they do mercenary work. <laughs> you know, they, 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 if they, if they need to eat <laughs> at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Um. I like. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I like. I like. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not like the Avengers. No. In that yeah. way, they're not like. Oh, they're not like. Oh, we're the Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going around stopping like. Um. You know. Yeah. terrorism or like crimes and yeah. stuff like that it's you know stopping like intergalactic wars and stuff we're literally just a mercenary force yeah and uh we get paid in mm. what's it gonna get paid in um i don't know i think they they get paid in they say like i'll oh, pay them in coin or whatever but they steal oh, yeah. they steal the batteries yeah yeah so that's yeah, where the sovereign yeah. goes after them yeah but um yeah Guns he may be your father. Yeah. He may be your father, but he ain't your daddy. Oh, when he like when he dies, he's holding uh, Quill's ha- uh, his head. That's actually like, oh, a really God. well well like done death. It's tragic. Like, yeah. you, it hits you in the feels. It's, it's um, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, we were talking about some of the music as well because uh, obviously, Return of um, yeah. Awesome Mix Volume Two. Ah, so, yeah. um, so we've got My Sweet Lord by. Um, George Harrison. George Harrison. We have got Mr. Mr. Blue Sky. Let me. Let that's me, by um... that's by Yellow, the Electric Light yeah. Orchestra. Yeah. Um. You have. Yeah, you've got Lakeshore Drive. Ah, yeah. Southern Nights. We've got the Chain as well. If you guys watch Formula oh, One, you know yes. the Chain. Uh, <laughs> come a little bit closer. Um. It's a. Um. Obviously, Guardians of Furnace, that's the one with David Hasselhoff. And Father and Son, Surrender, Bring It Home to Me, Wham Bam, Shangalang. Actually, I do prefer the original soundtrack of Guardians 1. Yeah. The the, the music and that, to this one. Yeah. But, I mean, the songs I only listen to now, always from this um, soundtrack, I miss the Blue Sky, um... Uh, Southern Nights, The Chain. Yeah, that's it. And uh, my, you, sweet lo- and my sweet lord as yeah. well. You, you got to think it's like they, they're not like the popular fil- um, songs at the time. These yeah. are the songs that James Gunn liked when he was like filming those scenes. So he just thought like, oh, that song would be good for that scene. What does so, he get? What does he get? He gets a Walkman at the end of it, doesn't he? Uh, yes, it's called a Zoom. A Zune, yeah. yeah. So is that the pre-walk uh, Walkman? No, no. So it, it, right, a Zune came out. I think it was like early nineties or uh, sorry, um, it, it was called a Zune. So there, it started in two thousand and six. So it's uh, right. uh, mid mid noughties. Yeah. 
And it's a zoo. And what does he say? Like, he can store up to something like 100 songs. Doesn't he say something like that? God in the galaxy. Um, and then he says something. He says, like, oh, it can hold up to like 500 songs. And like, oh, that's it. He says 300 songs. And Peter's like, 300. Like, oh, it's awesome. And he, he always listens to the same like tape for like you know five his life before yeah. in the, the first Guardians. You you got to think it's like I don't know. Like, that's where I like Peter Quill's character because that's all he's got of Earth. Yeah, and and because of that, maybe he's created a, like a, a romanticized version of of Earth for, from yeah, those tapes. Yeah, and you're like that's why he's such a um, Han Solo. Um, Buck Rogers sort of character because he's he's made himself what he thinks like the the future would look like back then. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, and, he's just, and, he, and it's funny when he um, when he um, comes in in um, what's called in Infinity War when he meets Spider Man and ah, uh, yeah. Iron yeah. Man and then he got kind of yeah. the fun the, the oh, fun like oh. Yeah, is is Footloose still the greatest film ever made? Like um, Peter Parker's like never was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I, um, I, I was always looking forward to Peter Quill going back to Earth, but yeah, yeah. Happened. Well, yeah, he does in the Endgame. Oh yeah, yeah. But he doesn't like interact with like Earth people. Or Earth no, things. no. He, he fights no. and he. Oh. I think they're gonna. Bobby Corby does go to yeah. Earth in Guardians Three. So uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit bummed out that they didn't. They're not calling Guardians Three as Guardians of the Galaxy. I would love that so much. As Guardians of the Galaxy, because Thor is going to be in Guardians Three, right? Yeah, and also the guards going to be in um, for, for uh, Love and Thunder. As well. oh, awesome. Yeah. Did you, know, did you know about that before? No, I didn't know about that. No. Oh yeah, yeah. They're going to be yeah, awesome in it. I, I can't wait for the Phase Four. Um, anyway, anything else you want to say about um, um, Volume 2? Nah, let's move on. I would say is I would say I prefer the original Guardians to this one. Same. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's but, just, uh, probably because it was like it's more of like a fresh idea. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think if the humour wasn't too much shoved in my face and, you know, just because yeah. like, oh, we found what we People are gonna think like I'm not funny at all. Oh, okay. uh, no, no, but you, it's, like, it's, hate, it's a valid I, opinion. I co- yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree, right? Because I thought Sorry, this it's, one. It's 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 a stu- it's a yeah. film student uh, academic side of me coming out. Um, it's the ivory tower elitism in you coming out. <laughs> <laughs> elitism, uh, high guardians too. Um, but um, no, I, I felt like it was a bit too much, like in my face, like yeah. repeating it just for laughs and. Same. That's when I felt when I'm watching it in cinemas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, so uh, let's move on to Spider-Man Homecoming, directed mm. by John Watts. And ha- if you've not seen um, Cop Car, that's his. Um, if you've not seen Cop Car, with, um, he's directed. Is, he hasn't, is, is he that, hasn't done much. Is that the two boys steal a cop car? And um, I think it's Kevin Bacon tries to go after them. Yeah, oh, that, also, I really like that film. Yeah. yeah, also he directed a uh, clown. Have you seen clown? Is that like um, the fella starts to turn into a clown? Yeah, he basically wears his uh, clown outfit and yeah. it's got like, uh, and it's like cursed and it starts like, attached to his skin and all that. It's oh, really, God. it's really like gruesome. Like I mean, he yeah. becomes an actual demonic clown at the end. <laughs> God, see. Um, yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, John Washington doesn't direct, doesn't direct him much, but obviously he's more well-known for doing the Spider-Man Homecoming, and he's doing um, Far From Home, and I think he's coming back to doing the third one as well. Yeah. Spider-Man Homesick. Well, that's not, that's <laughs> I such an awful title. There. I saw that, and I was like, when he sent me it, I was like, oh, please don't. That's just <laughs> awful. <laughs> um, do like a better one. Do like, I don't know, like um, Coming Home... No, Homecoming, but like... Um, was it like uh, home and away or something? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Homeward bound. Homeward bound. Yes, yes. And have, the, have the dogs as well. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the really badly uh, affected dogs. And um, so, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, this is the first Spider-Man film in the MCU. Um, straight after Civil War, is following um, Peter Parker coming back from uh, Germany. And we adapt into life back into um, New York, knowing that, like, oh, I'm like a superhero. I can be called upon by the Avengers anytime. And he doesn't. And, you know, he's always up Tony Stark's ass, <laughs> wanting to know where the next mission is and all that. And it's funny, Tom Holland is really good as yeah. uh, Peter Parker's Spider Man. He's got that, um, he's got that kind of. You know those tropes of like a teenage boy, the um, you know the 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 gibberishy, the um, you know the the believe you know the uh, naive. Yeah, like, I was going to say naive. Yeah, naivety and stuff like that. Like you know, like he's looking at you know typical boy, yeah. like American boy in high school, yeah. like interested in girls mm. and stuff like that. I'd also say he's more like um, he's more like positive or like he's not cynical. He's, yeah, well, what's yeah. the word? He's more um, like. Um, oh damn it! He's more <laughs> uh, not opportunistic, not wrong word. Um, he's more, you know what I mean? Then he's more like um, he looks on the bright side of things, you know? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I found with uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man, like, right? Okay, I don't. What do you think? Who's the best Spider Man? I think it's Tom Holland, in my opinion. Um, he, yeah, Tom. I Holland, got. A, yeah. I got a thing with. To- Maguire, he's a good Spider Man, but I feel like he's like very when he talks, it feels like he's like, does he find like he's like very drooling? Yeah, I, I found like he, he, it feels he, like he's half asleep when he's talking. Yeah, it, it like, sounds like he struggles to do an American accent. Yeah, but like when he's like uh, talking to like uh, Mary, Mary Jane and like you know, like well, well, not, well it, he it, he, uh, he goes out with Gwen Stacy in his films against. No, I'm about um, Tom McGuire. Oh, oh yeah, I, I'm thinking yeah. of um, what's his no. face? Uh, Andrew Garfield. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't think Andrew Garfield's the least favourite uh, Spider Man. Yeah. I mean, but, I don't know. Uh, Tobey Maguire is good in that. Like, he fit in the I, time. What I know? like about Tom Holland, he has that like teenage energy. Yeah. He's like always like talkative, like in your yeah. face and stuff. And, yeah. and I like it. I don't find it annoying. Um, but I do. I do like, um, obviously, his journey in this film where, uh, you know, he is it's similar way to, like, Iron Man in a way because, like, uh, it's like, oh, does, does do you make the suit or does the suit make you? Yeah. Same way Iron Man 3 was like, yeah, do you make the suit or the suit make you? And, you know, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't you shouldn't have the suit. It's, yeah. more about, it's all about, like, being a superhero is, like, more than just the costume you wear. It's a lot more than that, and Pete Parker learns that as the film goes on. 
Yeah. And I, I think that really like ties well with um, obviously Tony Stark's journey in Iron Man 3. And it's, it's like, you know, mentor given to his apprentice, like his teachings and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. And it goes so well, like, um, and, you know, like, I, feel, I feel like that relationship between Iron Man and Pete, uh, Tony Stark and Pete Parker is really good in this film. And I like how it carries over to um, yeah the other films as well with uh, The Avengers and Far From Home. Yeah. Well, I, I like I, I like the relationship of the sort of like Tony Stark's like a strict uncle. Yeah, and then yeah, it, it like fed, the father like yeah. Pete Parker never had. It, it fared really well into uh, Far From Home, where Quentin Beck was more of like cool uncle. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I thought was really good. Yeah, but um, uh, I remember, do, do you remember um Iron Man? Sorry, but do you remember oh, sorry, Iron Man sorry. Two? We got a kid and he's testing out the um the I he has like the Iron Man costume on. Yeah. That's best supposed to be P. Parker, age 12. Isn't that confirmed? Yeah, I, I, confirmed. I, it is confirmed, yeah. It is confirmed, yeah. So it's, it's obviously bringing in, like, P. Parker's always been, like, a fan of, like, yeah. Iron Man and all that. Yeah. But uh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, like, um, I really like um, Michael Keaton as uh, Adrian yeah. Toomes or, you know, the yeah. Vulture. Yeah. Yeah, um, I really like his sort of... Um, I don't know. I, I like how he brought like a almost like a, a working class sort of. He he wants to make something of himself sort of idea. Yeah. That, you know, like he he's willing to sort of become a bad guy. You know, like a, uh, inverted commas a bad guy to help like others. But he's also financially struggling as well. Yeah. So like obviously, in times when you're like in the economic instability, you are gonna be forced to do stuff that you don't agree with, but you have no choice. Yeah. Uh, and it brings in sort of like how, how far would you go to save your family yeah. sort of thing, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what he's and, afraid of, yeah. And this is like obviously Homecoming looks at like post Battle of New York where yeah. all the Tatari um, like weaponry and yeah. and technology has been like obviously like after the destruction being like around New York and and uh, Adrian Toomes has made a business um, selling this stuff and, you know, acquiring this stuff. And then obviously um, one of the pro- one of like I can't remember what the organization is, but they come in and shut him down. Uh, and uh, damage control. Damage control, yeah, yeah. And then obviously Tony Stark like is involved in it, and then he asks why he's against Tony Stark and all that. And at the same time, uh, Tony Stark is selling Avengers Tower, which I hope it becomes um, uh, bought by Osborn. Um, oh Osborn. my god! Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be good. That'd be good. I have that all the Fantastic Four. Oh, but they're in uh, the Baxter building. They, well, they could change it, couldn't they? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I hope uh, Oscorp buy that Avengers Tower. So there's a lot going on in this film. And yeah, um, and, yeah it's, it's different because it's, it's following like a younger Peter Parker. And it's, it, I wouldn't say it's not an origin story. It's just like, it's like it's like a, it's like another introduction to Spider-Man. It's following on from Civil War. Yeah, Spider-Man in a post-Civil War world where he can't just call on the Avengers to help. You know, the Avengers can't like always fight all the battles and stuff. You know, like Tony Stark even says, like, "Oh, I can't help you because I'm under these accords." Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting to see sort of like you know. Uh, Peter Parker, like his convictions are he needs to save people, but you know, he stumbles upon like this conspiracy that 
these people are going to, you know, essentially like going to hurt people eventually. Like he, he feels yeah. co- compelled to help them. Yeah. And it, and it just seems like whatever he does, people are just like telling him to stop because it's dangerous, you know, and he, he, yeah. he, he he's selfless, you know? And I think, but he, he also needs to realize that like what he does can hurt other people. And I think that's what Tony Stark yeah. is afraid of. Yeah. You know, but also Definitely. to have like faith within his own abilities. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not always fun being a superhero, isn't it? Well, I, I like it was like it goes against the whole um, the I, idealized version of you know like you're wearing a cape and all of a sudden like everybody loves you, you know? Oh, fa- oh, thanks, Batman, you know. And you can't save everybody as well. That's yeah. uh, another lesson. Mm. Um, but spot, but like Adrian Toomes doesn't want to kill Spider Man. He just he just doesn't want him interfering. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I think you know he's one of these people that he's you know he he's not like an evil guy, but he knows that if he needs to stop um, Peter Parker by killing him, he will, because he thinks that his family's livelihoods are on on the line, so he's willing to yeah. do anything. Yeah, and I think that's what makes him sort of a villain. Because, but he's not he's not like a bad guy. He's just <laughs> he's not a villain of the week at all. No, like, no, he's... no, and. You kind of, you kind of like sympathize with character. Yeah. It's like you know, we you know, as I said before, we all do stuff, stuff that we don't agree with, like yeah. to save to support your family yeah. during like yeah. an economic well, downturn. Uh, a good example is um, George R R Martin. He likes to use this um, this like almost like a lesson. He says to people, yeah. he says, um, "Would you kill someone?" And people are like, "No, no." It's like, uh, and then he goes. All right then. Would you kill someone if it meant saving your children? And they're like, "Oh, jeez, like what?" Like, um, and they and they start to think about it. Then, like, oh, how far would I go? You know, if it's not your like life on the line, if it's someone else's that you love, and I think that's yeah, really, yeah, that's what like that's what like needs to be questioned in sort of stuff like Peter Parker. Uh, sorry, in Spider Man, where. He he knows that every time he puts on a mask, he's yeah. endangering his family. Yeah, yeah, exactly, um, and his friends as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I mean, even the Bible says "Thou shall not kill," but it doesn't really go into detail whether, like, what is the context of yeah. should you kill this person when it's wrong to kill or when it's not. Um, but that's a, that's a talk for that's a topic for another day, really. Because, yeah. Uh, talk about um i i was going to um i was doing my, my thesis my master thesis on um, the the, the the philosophical violence of a of the superhero films right and i was going to delve into that but obviously yeah i, I chose said and do to do um obviously the social problem aspect with uh neil blomkamp's films but i think if i wrote that thesis here I, I think you know you touch on like films like batman superman and daredevil talk about like the violence and that where the vigilantism versus um you know be, being a being a hit superhero yeah but um sorry i'm uh dawdling that's um, right <laughs> what do you think who's um peter's best mate uh ned i believe his name ned, is ned I, I love ned in this. He, he's an original character much like uh, adrian colson yeah but I, I believe Ned, he's like a composite character of all these other yeah. spider-man characters yeah um, yeah yeah, Ned. Uh, so he's supposed to be the um, the comic relief and stuff. Yeah, but he does. He does like help out help out a lot. Yeah, like he's not he's not like a bubbling idiot in this. 
Um, at times, well, yeah, at times he is like a bit. He's a he's a comic relief, really, isn't he? Yeah, and he um, and he's more of like the. Um, yeah, I don't know, and he sort of like he reassures the hero sort of thing, you know. And so we we all agree that Star Wars is canon in this. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars exists in this uh, Marvel. Well, well, that's the thing. They say, like, oh, you know, um, if uh, if Steve Rogers ever got around to watching Star Wars and he yeah, came, he came yeah. to Mace Windu, you look at uh, Nick Fury and he'd be like, what? <laughs> um, Star Wars is mentioned quite a lot, Tim. So you remember you got, like, the uh, in the Civil War yeah. um, fight scene says, have you guys watched, uh, like, that Star Wars film? Yeah. And, and it's all about, like, the, like when he uh, Luke tied up the AT-AT. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously he got this. Oh god, it's um, and he obviously drops um, yeah. When he finds out um, when uh, he when he finds out that uh, when when uh, Ned finds out that um, that he's Spider Man, isn't it? He's Spider Man. Yeah. He just drops this massive yeah. Death St- Lego Death Star. Well, that's probably one of like the best scenes in the film, where it's like oh, yeah. he comes yeah. in, he thinks he's safe, he crawls down off the walls, takes his mask off, he's like, whew, and the camera pans round and it's Ned. And he just like he's there like mouth agape, and it's like yeah. the Death Star like Lego set just like drops from his hands. Like... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> awesome. And obviously, uh, Don Glover, isn't it? As the uncle of, of um, Miles Morales. Yeah, so and, he's see, uh, the ultimate prowler. Alan, Dav- Alan Davis. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think Don Glover's gonna come back in like other MCU films as a as like a different character. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's going to come back unless they do a Mars Morales um, film. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like he'd be Don Glover. I won't say like he's a waste of a cow, oh, no. character. I think they. I think he can because he's such a big actor now. He can be in like a a more prominent role, like more like yeah. sim- a, a bigger like you know like um, secondary. I know what you mean. Like a, yeah, role like a large the, role. Yeah, 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 large role. That's it. Yeah. Um, Oh yes, and Daya as Michelle, who is technically Mary Jane. <laughs> well, it's not really revealed until the end, is it? Really? No, no, no. So you know, she's a, she's a good, yeah. she did good as well. I do love the scene where um, Peter is picking up uh, Liz to go to prom, and he opens the door, and it's uh, age, yeah, Adrian it was good. house. Was I was good. Like, oh my yeah. god! Like, and literally, that car scene was so yeah. tense, wasn't it? Very good. Just them, just looking at each other, and just and it, oh, and just talking about Spider Man and all that. It's like, oh my god, because like, it, it, it is just. Like... And, he, and, he, and he gets a gun out when he parks on the school. It's just like, uh... well, what, what's just, funny like, is get... like, um, yeah. What do you what do you say to Liz? It's like, oh, I, you know, I, I'm gonna give Peter you know, the, the, the talk, you know, and, and Liz goes out. It's like, <laughs> and then Toomes gets a gun out. It's like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> You're going to fail my plans. <laughs> I'll kill you and everyone you love. He's like, okay, like I'm gone. I'm I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of the country. <laughs> and that's why I'm not Spider Man. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, it's, I'm it's thinking, good. what uh, Spider Man's got a great rogues, uh, gallery. rogues gallery. That's what, yeah, I need to remember. Like, uh, so we got, uh, we have got, um, we've got all of the Sinister Six. Yeah, all of them. I think all of them are uh, Spider Man villains, right? Not in this film. Oh, so sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm looking. I'm sorry. I'm looking for the. Um, there's a couple of villains in here. I uh, need. I need to like. Uh, yeah, well, you have the vulture. So, yeah, you got vulture. We have then got um, 
Oh, um, the who's Shocker. the guy who plays uh, Shocker? Yeah, there's yeah. two different versions of Shocker. Um, uh, try, try to remember now. Uh, who's the? Um, oh, who's, um. Well, it's the guy from um, Far Cry and Better Call Saul. He, yeah, he portrays. Yeah. Um, well, it's meant, it's meant to be the Scorpion, but he portrays. Ah, oh, damn! What's it? What's his name in this? But well, yeah, whatever. He's he's um. He's, it's Scorpion. supposed to be the Scorpion, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, Ma- Ma- Michael Mando. Yeah. Michael Mando, yeah, he portrays the Scorpion. Yeah. And obviously, if you played um, if you played the Spy on PS4 game, Scorpion is like quite a yeah. good uh, villain to fight. Mm. You um, have um, uh, the the Tinkerer. Yeah, yeah, he's he's still alive, isn't he? Uh, I I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's say Vulture and Scorpion are in. Oh, what, yeah. what was he? Rikers Prison, Rikers Island. Yeah, 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 that's it. So, and we'll talk about it when it comes to the post credit scene, but uh, um, but yeah, like, I do I do like Spider Man's Rose Gallery, and you know, I'm looking forward to the Rose Gallery. What they're going to, who they're going to introduce in the, yeah. or use as a villain in the new Spider-Man? Uh, maybe COVID if it's like homesick. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> like a physical version of COVID. COVID man. COVID man. Oh my god! The, the, he's um, called the Corona. The Corona <laughs> drinks bottle Corona as his weapon. It's like shoots out Corona. Hey, they can be um, sharp. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what, what what can you bring in? Like Norman Osborn. Oh yeah, yeah I, saw, I, saw, um, I saw a speculation video, and they reckon. Do you know Flash Thompson? They reckon yeah. that he's secretly um, Harry Osborn. So he's not going to be Harry Osborn in this in the, this universe. He's going to be Flash Thompson. That's where he's not. He's yeah, like but he's it, not. If they bring him in, if they introduce him, he's not really going to be Harry Osborn, is he? That's what I mean. It's like it was. A, it was just basically like speculating that. He's either like undercover, like in this like normal school, or oh, just... like, or maybe he's like this the adopted brother of um, uh, Harry Osborne, you know, something like that. That'd be stu- the whole like he's yeah. undercover, he's undercover in the school is just yeah. stupid. Um, but uh, I, I, I hate Ash Thompson in this. Um... In, he's just this really annoying, like posh well, kid. Yeah, like, it's the characterization. So annoying. He's, he's meant to be like the, the the jock, like the you know the bully character, and they just changed, they turned him into like sort of um, yeah, yeah, like arrogant, like yeah, not know it all. Yeah, that, is that what he was? You know, like yeah, yeah. It was a very weird characterization. Do you reckon? Right, so look at the fan casting if they ever bought uh, Doc Ock in it. Oh yeah. Do, what do you think of Mark Hamill as Doc Ock? Yeah, I mean. You can bring a sort of very malevolent presence. That's yeah, good. yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be good. Doc Ock. So, yeah, so... Um, I don't know, maybe if, like, the, the villain, I reckon, should be someone we haven't seen before. Oh, what about Craven? Yes. Craven. Craven. Mm. I saw someone like Craven, like, should be, like, Jason Momoa. As, like, no, 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 they need to, like, give someone else a try. Yeah, yeah. Jason Momoa can play everyone, we get it, but, like, you know, like... <laughs> You can go snowman in it. <laughs> you know that. You know that. He's playing, playing like a CGI version of Foster Snowman. I thought you were joking. Yeah. What? No, it's legit. Oh, God. Yeah. So well, he's um, going to be Jason Momoa's yeah. Foster Snowman. Um, Anything else you want to say about this film? No, I, I, really, um, I really like it. I, I really like him. Yeah. I think it's one of my favourites. I, actually, I don't know whether... 
I think Spider-Man 2 is probably my favourite Spider-Man film. I think it's this good. is yeah. second. Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving on to uh, Full Ragnarok. Now, I do like his, I do love this film. Yeah. I think I think it's one of your favourite MCU It's films. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It, it's got that retro 80 Flash Gordon vibe. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. It is the best one of the well, the the quadrility of four yeah. films so far. Because mm. you've got Love and Thunder coming out next. Taika Martinez does a great job here, and yeah. he restores really the four as like as a, as you know as like. But he makes films. them cool. Yeah, it makes them cool. I, like I, I read somewhere, like someone said, like oh Thor were like Thor the Thor films were the boring movies of the MCU. Well, yeah, now yeah. now they're amazing. Because yeah. they introduced this like, or yeah, like this neo eighties sort of like, um, yeah, like like a retro fu- future where it's everything's colourful, everything's cool. Like they yeah. cut they cut Thor's hair and made him even more cool. Yeah, it's flashly, it's like action packed. It's got a, this film has got I say it's got a lot of energy. Yeah, going in as well, like a lot of energy. The cast are amazing, obviously Chris Hemsworth yeah. as Thor. You have got Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, you obviously got um, Kate Blanchett as um, Hela. Yeah. Uh, Tom Anderson's back as Loki as well. Mark Ruffalo as Hulk. Oh, film with uh, Thor and Hulk, and they fit so well. And obviously, I know people wanted her to have like a Planet Hulk film, but well, I think this, I, yeah, I think that works. I, I think works they translated well. it very well. Yeah, and yeah. I, and, and I, I got to say, like, I like how the. Um, I like I like how they sort of mix the whole Ragnarok and uh, uh, Planet Hulk. Just yeah. Time, um, sorry, like the, just the stories. I, I like how they yeah. mixed it. Because I, you know, there's a what's it? There's a there's a comic book where um, Hulk fights all the Avengers and he brings like an army from like from like Planet Hulk to Earth. Oh, that's that um, is, what's it called? Yeah. Obviously, they're never they're never gonna adapt that comic because yeah. it's, 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 it's yeah. But um, but I do like yeah exactly I do like the way they um they incorporate Planet Hulk in this really well. Obviously, uh, Carl Urban Scourge. Now he's secondary antagonist. Yeah. I think he's wasted in this film. Yeah. I I he's Scourge the Executioner. Oh, yeah. sorry. The 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 Hulk comic you're talking about was called World War Hulk. I think. Oh, that's it. Yeah. World War Hulk. Not, not Planet. Okay. Uh, but like, but he he gets an army from his plan, doesn't he? Yeah, it's like, as a result yeah. of uh, Planet Hulk. Yeah, um, but Scourge, Carbon, obviously secondary antagonist. I think he's wasted. I think because Scourge is supposed to be like a re- this really like big like four antagonist, yeah. but he's just wasted in this film. That's I think that's my only issue with this film is Scourge's character and and he's like oh, comic relief, isn't he? Yeah, and. He, <laughs> Obviously, Heather, obviously, he's not as powerful as Heather, but kill him, they kill him off as well. It feels a bit just yeah. I I, I gotta say, I do like um, the music. I don't think the music gets enough uh, recognition. No, so uh, Mark Mark Muff's, Mother's uh, Mark Mother's Bear music. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. um he was the lead singer of Devo. Uh, he does, he makes a sort of um. Yeah, like an electronic sort of. It's, it's awesome. I think it fits really well. And yeah. I, I gotta say, like the usage of um, uh, Led Zeppelin's immigrant song yeah. is so yeah. good. It is yeah. very good. I don't know why they didn't introduce it earlier. 
very good. Um, I do love the um, the actors in this. So you got Luke Hemsworth as actor four, <laughs> yeah. Sam Neill as Odin, and was it Matt Damon as like Loki? Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so. Uh, that's it's funny, that's, isn't it? Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, and, it, and it's not like obvious either. No, so, like, it's not. No, it's like you um, go, hang on, isn't that? <laughs> it's awesome. I love, I love it. They can bring in these big actors for like yeah. such a small role. But, and they, yeah, d- don't you think like this film Disney is good? Can now Marvel yeah. Disney can now because everybody wants like to be in a Marvel movie yeah. now. Don't you think this film's good though? It's like it, it acts as almost like Thor, the remix because it's like yeah. I think it's like the first half hour of the film, or yeah, like first half hour, they get rid of uh, Mjolnir, you know, Thor's yeah. hammer. Yeah. They, um, you know, Odin's dead, and like this seemingly like invincible like goddess just appears and takes over Asgard. Oh yeah, and Thor's been banished, and you think like, whoa, like it's turned on his head, you know, because you automatically think like, oh, you know, Thor is like the prince of Asgard, whatever. He's always got like this. He's the almighty Thor. I think it's really good how they sort of they remix it so that it's almost like he needs to start from the bottom up. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, what was it, the arena scene where he's just using like a sword and shield. Yeah, like, but, like uh, just Thor The Dark World. Yeah. There is like little to no development on Thor's character. No, no. Whereas and, you got this one, which yeah. is awesome. And he, he, doesn't have to, he, doesn't, he doesn't rely, and it shows that, like, okay, you, you relied on his hammer before, yeah. but now it's, it's like main weapon's gone. He has to, yeah, like you said, start from, start from the bottom up yeah. again. And it's like he relies on, like, the power within. Like, he, ha- he, has, yeah. he has a greater yeah. faith, and, yeah. um, and uh, he, has, like, he, has, he hasn't when got, like, light- fear when, about himself. When he, yeah, when he, has, when he gets a lightning at the first oh, God, yeah, it's awesome. On the bridge, oh, my God, amazing. You still have to punch people, and when he punches people, yeah. light, lightning strikes in, and it's like, oh, that's so good. That makes me feel like, oh, if you ever see, like, if he, if Ford's ever in God of War 5, that would be like his power. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically, the plot is that Odin banished Hela to, like, yeah. hell. And when and now apparently like Loki's drained Odin's power or something. Yeah. So Odin dies, and then that from that then Hell Hell is able to come out of Hell and uh, regain um, her throne because apparently she's like the one true heir. Yeah, well, to, she, uh, she's the eldest child, so she thinks. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she's the, is this the first female villain in the um, um, MCU? I think it is. Is it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, but the first main, obviously, you got Nebula, but I wouldn't say she's really like. A, yeah, she's like, a secondary villain. Yeah. Secondary villain, but this is the first female yeah. primary antagonist in the oh, Marvel. All right. Film. Huh. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Definitely. Uh, uh, I thought she was um, good. I mean, uh, yeah. maybe uh, Kate Blanchett was like hamming it up as Hella, but I mean, you know. That that's the character, you know. She's meant to be over the top. She's meant to be like yeah, yeah. Um, maniacal, you know. Yeah. You know, and, she, uh, she's and, very and, like a flamboyant, and she's yeah, like that massive yeah. headdress, and you know. And literally, this film has got so much North mythology, like yeah, throwing yeah. your face, yeah. not in a bad way, but it's so great. Like the scene where it's the Valkyries, and it on the, the you know the uh, the horses, yeah, 
Um, and the, the the cinematography in that scene was amazing. It's awesome. You know, yeah, you know the one on the back. Yeah, it's the flashback yeah. with the uh, Valkyrie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is so well, sick. Um, as well as that, like you're saying, like about like Norse mythology, saying that um, uh, so Surtur come in and destroy an Asgard. That's yeah. awesome. I like how it starts off on uh, on Muspelheim. You know, so the the land of the fire giants. Yeah. It starts there, and it's like. It's like in media res, tied, so it's like in the middle of things. He's, tied, he's just tied up upside down. Yeah, but I, I like how sort of like how you know like um, relaxed Thor almost seems. Like he's trying to he's trying to find comfort where he can. So like he's making jokes yeah. all the time. Yeah, and it's almost like he's so depressed he feels the need to make jokes. Like I, I don't think yeah. I don't think he's happy. I just think he's so depressed that he needs to like find hope where he can. Yeah, and that's what pushes him. I think, like by the end, he, he discovers this power within himself. Yeah, because isn't he like looking for the Infinity Stones at yeah, the beginning yeah. of the film? Yeah, and he ends up like tied up in like surrounded by fire. Yeah, he's captured. Yeah, it's just like, well, I mean, yeah, his search is interrupted because yeah. like he thinks that um, he thinks Ragnarok's coming, so yeah. he has to sort out Ragnarok first before he can continue his search, and obviously. By the end, it's too late because Thanos arrives. Uh, we have to um, talk about Korg. Oh yeah, Takawatiti as Korg. I, I don't know. I, th- I thought like yeah, the character was very cool. Yeah, can, can you try and do like an Australian uh, New Zealand accent? Oh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not very good at sort of like doing oh, well, it's like um, not. Okay. What did he say? Oh, what was he say? Like um, I'm man, I'm I'm Korg. I mean, it rocks, but don't let that intimidate you. <laughs> this is Mick. This is Mick. Okay, I, I, know, it's, I, it's very I, hard I, to I, do. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you, you did your best. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> the revolution has begun. Oh man, yeah. That that arena, like, uh, see the scenes. What's it? The second act in yeah. the arena. Oh, so funny. Awesome. So good. I love like four talk. Uh, no, Hulk. Hulk talking of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like, different, it's a different character, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, and it's kind of like, and it goes well with like four. The Hulk has got like a not four. I keep saying four, but like Hulk's like big plot line that like carries over into uh, Infinity War and Endgame, where uh, like Hulk has more like freedom from Bruce Banner, or, yeah. or Bruce Banner has more freedom from Hulk. Yeah, and obviously that carries on over into Infinity War, where like Bruce Banner's like. Hulk is so scared of Thanos that he won't come out. <laughs> and then Endgame then, like, Bruce goes all fully Professor Hulk, so he doesn't yeah. change, which I, 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 I love. Like, yeah. You got, you got, like, obviously, I know Hulk hasn't got any movies, uh, probably in the foreseeable future because of, like, you know, the, the dispute with, like, Universal. But, like, I love, like, he's got his own, like, character, like, it's character arc in like all all these uh, movies he's in. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, as like characters go, that needed to progress. Otherwise, it just yeah. would have been the same thing over yeah. and over again, you know. But yeah, it was very good. But like, you know, it's it's, it's like it's like is that like a buddy like, but like a buddy team up film of the Thor and Hulk. And, yeah, yeah, and this is set during the same time as Civil War as well. Yeah. Um. Well, did you see that thing with like um? You know, during the events of Civil War, what's been happening on Team Thor? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, they're joking, like, oh, they don't want to talk to Thor, and and he's living with um. What's his name? He's living with Daryl, you know. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Yeah, it's really funny. funny. I think I think Titi directed both those. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's that's funny, and you you know that Chris Kevin Hensworth loves playing Thor. Yeah, he loves playing his character. I mean, especially I think now he's allowed he's allowed more like. Yeah, I don't know, like like a, a lighter character, whereas before he was very dour. The the or thing he was is petulant, you I know. Think Chris Evans wanted to be out of the Captain America role. Hmm. Yeah. I can't understand because it is a lot of like working out, yeah. getting into good shape for these, and it can be unhealthy as well, like get into that shape. <laughs> oh um, god, yeah. So, but Thor loved it because, and that's what Kevin said to us. Like, he was really pissed off that they're thinking of recasting Thor. And he's like, "No, I, I am Thor. I want to yeah. stay stick playing." Well, Thor. I mean, after the Dark World, I don't really blame him because, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because what were they doing with this character? You know, nothing. But yeah, yeah but like, now, um, now this is it's yeah. been redone in this. It's found like a new life. <clears throat> yeah. Then, um, then he wants to come and play in it. And it's a very different four in like yeah, as it is in Infinity War and Endgame, and it's kind of like, and this really starts off where like four loses like everybody. So yeah. he loses his father. He loses his. Um, Oh, what it the the three warriors or what are they called? Again? Oh yeah, uh, the warriors three. Yeah. Warriors three, yeah. He loses those, and obviously, <clears throat> Infinity War loses Loki and Heimdall. Well, I mean, yeah, Dark World. He, he lost his um, his uh, mother. Lost mother. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's Lady Sif isn't in this film, is she? Uh, no, but she's been. Like essentially, she's been put into the uh, Agents of Shield series, so no. <laughs> oh, so so no, they don't mention her at all, do they? No, but I think she's Thor thinks that she's dead. I think, yeah, or something like that. I'm, I, I I don't really watch the show. So. And um, they they talk about like um, how Jane Jane's like broke up with Thor. Yeah, <laughs> was Valkyrie was supposed to be like the. Like the romantic, romantic character, yeah. Before, but I, there's no like romance between them. And them. No, but there no. is chemistry, though. There's chemistry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I said, I said again, yeah. Tessa Thompson, like, is really good at um, for Tessa Thompson's a really good actress right now, especially yeah. being in like Westworld and especially in, like a night to be Annihilation, directed oh, by yeah. the same guy who directed uh, Ex Machina. And you know, and uh, yes, in the four, yeah. four as well, and she loved playing the character yeah. as well. I, I got to say, like it was a really forced chemistry. Well, I, I don't think there was any chemistry at all in the um, the, the newest like X Men film. Sorry, not, not X Men. Um, in the newest Men in Black film. Yeah, yeah. I it, think it they go. Oh. I, I think that they got good chemistry as, ac- as actors, but yeah, it all comes down to like the script. And yeah, stuff. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I haven't watched that new Men in Black film. So. It, it's not. It's not great. It's no, awful. no, no. Um, um, I like um, I like what they introduced. Sorry, they incorporated um, Doctor Strange into yeah uh, Ragnarok. I thought it was yeah, really cool. Yeah, because he's, he's there trying to um, yeah. help Thor find uh, so, Loki. Uh, in the scene where Thor meets with Doctor Strange, he's wearing the gloves that he wears in the comics, like those bright yellow gloves. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he wears them like in any other scene, like in the other films. I don't think he only wears them in that scene, and. Um, yeah, I, I like the the little you know uh, 
the little, you know, the little dialogue they have, you know, and it's, it's, it's really cool. And it's just like Doctor Strange, just like he's so professional. He's trying to establish where the the Asgardians are a threat, you know, and this and that. He just well, he just deals with Loki straight away, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And Loki's yeah. Loki's just like he's he's not a secondary villain, but he's kind of like. He's kind of like a nuisance character. He yeah, was he's, in, he's um, a deuteragonist. Deuter- yeah, yeah. He's like that nuisance character he was in, like, Thor Dark, the Dark World, yeah. where he can cause, he, he can, like, cause trouble for Thor, but, like, yeah. you know. Well, Thor, Thor is finally learning to, like, to read Loki and, and like, know when he's, like, about to betray him. He knows, doesn't he? Yeah. That's his, yeah. That's his nature. Yeah. And, obviously, when Asgard gets destroyed, yeah. um, Loki steals Tesseract. Yeah. That's... God, that's... The, the, the Asgardians don't have much luck for them at all. In, like, <laughs> thing, look at that, like, especially what happens to them at the beginning of fin- Infinity War. Yeah. Because, like, obviously, you know, like, everyone who died from, like, the stones comes back. But, like, all these yeah. people that died before that, they're dead. Yeah. This is, like, he wiped out, what, like, half of the, um, the Asgardians, like, Thanos did. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, like... <laughs> Yeah, you wiped out half of them when they were on the ship anyway, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And then half so the doors were killed by the snap. Yeah. Yeah. God, like, those guys don't have... Um... But yeah. Hela was so powerful. It was like, the only way he could uh, defeat her was, you know, and he had to create, destroy Asgard yeah. in the process. I thought it was really good. I was like, you know, in a way he was becoming more like Odin, but he wasn't like Odin. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, he, he gained wisdom, whereas he, he he became king, but he accepted it because it was his duty, not because he yeah. wanted it. Yeah, and it, that's that's the thing in it. They always say like, oh, you know, but I don't want it. You know, well, that's what that's why you need to be the king. Whereas it's not forced. It's like you see those people looking at Thor because they realize he's the king. Like, yeah, they they look at him and they see like someone. He's given up like almost everything. He's lost an eye, you know, to protect his people. So they they've. He's finally like he well, deserves to be it's, king. It's same, it's same way like Jon Snow and with the Wildlings. And it's like Jon Snow like took a knife for the Wildlings and he died and he was brought back. Yeah. So like they see him as like their leader. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think Game of Thrones did it as well as. No, they... no, but you can yeah. kind of see the comparisons between Jon mm. Snow and uh, yeah. Thor. And it's like, mm. and I do love it how like Thor is like. He's, he's acting like an actual king. He's acting like a leader yeah. as compared to what yeah. he was in like four one, where he's just yeah. like this, uh, you know, really childish, immature like prince. Yeah, uh, yeah he, was, he was just an entitled, um, petulant. I love, prince, I, I love the, it? I love the character like arcs of, and the developments of these superheroes. Yeah. Disney, Marvel, Ken Feige, and Disney have done it so well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so for Love and Thunder, I'm glad Takamati's coming back to direct the next four film. It's good. We're going to have Valkyrie coming back, Korg is coming back, Thor's coming back, obviously, and then Jane Foster's coming back. So she's going to become Lady Four, I think. I f- think so. Right. I don't know. I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, she, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, because in the comics, Thor's a woman. Now, is is, is she? He, I think she? I think I think he's now a woman. he's now a woman. Well, like now she's Thor is now a different a different characters. Yeah, Thor, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, 
I think if Tiger right. Titi sets his path on these very energy, energy retro, uh, you know, stylish four films, then yeah. it's very different to Guardians as well. Like yeah. Guardians, Guardians has his own style of like style, yeah. and four has like different style. Like they're quite different, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I found um, Guardians is the more like of a used universe, like Star Wars, but. Um... But Thor Ragnarok and obviously the continuation of the Thor films are going to be more of like a polished universe or like, um, uh, yeah, like, like an almost like a, a retro universe. I get like weird vibes from like, I don't know, like, like those 1950s, uh, yeah. you know, to 80s, like, yeah, like, uh, like, like 50s serials or, yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, like a John, John Carter, like, vibe to it as well. Yeah, like, like John Carter, um, uh, what was his face? Um, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Flash yeah, like Gordon, Buck Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buck Rogers. Um, well, that, that's what I, that's Thomas, what I imagine. Thomas Covenant as well, like the books of those. Right. And you haven't, right. you haven't read those. Um, no, no. They, they, they're kind of like in a similar way, similar way to that. But oh, right. yeah, that kind of um, retro, uh, like, a, which is like a June vibe to it. To um, Buck the Rock. Yeah, to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's our full Ragnarok talk. Unless anything else you want to say? No, I no, think, I think no. that's right. And, um, obviously, we're going to talk about the post credit scenes at the end after yeah. we wrap it all up. So, moving on to the final film we're going to be talking about in this um, section is Black Panther, um, directed by Ryan Coogler, who directed Creed. Um, yeah, so the spin-off sequel to uh, Rocky and Fruitville Station, which is a really important film to watch, especially during this time. It's about police brutality against uh, an African-American in um, Baltimore. It's really, really impactful film. It's uh, I, would, I would recommend it. But I, I do like I do like this film, Black Panther. I... I I, I don't think it lived up to the hype, though. Mm. You know, people were saying it's probably like one of the best um, film of the year or best MCU I think this film. Is where, like that, you know, I think you may get see very different views on this film because I've done like a lot of analysis for this film for like my uni degree. While you're looking at more like a fan side, well, well I mean, I, I'm looking at it as like you know, like the, the filmmaking. Say right, right. I don't even think like compared to like. Um, Coogler's like films say like Creed it just maybe, maybe it's like the, the script's fault or maybe it's just like a lot of people like to blame the um, <clears throat> the visual effects you know they're saying it's like it doesn't look as okay, polished see, you know. CGI maybe, maybe it's like the time they yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The, especially in the third yeah. act um, yeah. the, the, some of the, the CGI effects are quite like uh, like a bit off yeah um, so, right, okay, we've got to say I, that. I, I like it, right? I like it as, as a, an MCU film, right? Don't think it's like the greatest, you know, like film ever made. No, no, I no, don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that. Um, but what I like about this, um, I do like the story of this film. It's got, I do like the story of this film. Um, well, it's basically like, it's like a Han- uh, sorry, it's like a Hamlet story. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's very different compared to like the full, like the whole monast, um, uh, mon- monochronistic, like king, yeah. 
like royalty film uh, compared to full Ragnarok. This is very, this is very different and a lot more grounded as yeah. well. It's like, yeah, a Hamlet Lion King vibe yeah. to it as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably my my main gripe with uh, Black Panther is that it marketed itself as like a very grandiose, like um, like an analysis on like society today. And really, it's it's like another just just another like cookie cutter superhero film. I don't I don't agree with you. I, I don't agree with you. Right. Um, That's right. I, I think it's a very uh, not a very gen- I think it's a very um, oh what were we gonna say like I you know I I do like the, the that plot of this film. It's very yeah. not generic but very um, significant. Um, yeah. It's, but, but 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 I think this is I think this is the, the you know the MCU film which is very allegorical to like the everyday everyday life. Yeah, like society well, I, mean, now. Well, I mean, I I respect that they were trying to make it more, um, uh, yeah, like more like societal or like more like um, contemporary. I appreciate that, and and I do think that um, Killmonger. His character is probably one of the most compelling, yeah, and one of the most believable um, antagonists in the MCU. You know, he oh, yeah, obviously yeah. portrayed by um, uh, what's his Michael name, Michael B. Jordan. Um, Michael B. Jordan, like he he is he's amazing as uh, as Killmonger. It's really good. He has motive, and he has a believable motive. And I mean, I don't know, like um, his. I, I I just like the sort of like the look of the film anyway. I think it's really like very nice to look at. Yeah, especially when you get scenes of um, Wakanda and the technology yeah. and all that. Um, I do like Wakanda. It's really like America, America in nineteen twenties. Very, it wants to be is in isolation. Doesn't want to be involved yeah. in the rest of the world. Yeah. And you know they they they're rich, and it comes to you know these kind of economic discussions you know political economic uh, debates whether oh this country's got a lot of money and power with uh vibe um vibranium whilst like rest of africa is like you know in poverty and all that so it, it looks always but the main thing about this film i love is it tells the story of two different versions of um of, I'll give this now, like uh, black, you know, Africans and African Americans, like two yeah. different versions of, um, uh, of like, I'm, I'm going to say with like blacks, like I don't have a word I can say to like uh, really. So obviously you've got like uh, the Africans on one side, and you've got the Af- African Americans on the other, and so the Chala basically is a representation of the African, like this African leader. Who you know has been like given this birthright, you know this this birthright to the throne and all that, and he's lived in like you know like this very technologically advanced, uh, you know like wealthy wealthy country. Yeah, and but obviously he's very like does not know about like what else is happening in the other world. Whilst Killmonger is the basically the representation of the the well the i'll say the the oppressed african-american living in america as, as well as other countries around the world yeah, and yeah 
So and you're saying they they just meant to be like the epitomes of these uh, like these yeah, rival yeah. ideologies or yes. rival cultures. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. so I, I'm going to bring into like I'm going to say so I did um I listen so I did an essay on um, the toxic masculinity of like Black Panther as um in in my master's degree in film and what I basically looked at was how uh T'Challa and Killmonger resembled two different types of toxic masculinity. So, right. so T'Challa represents this the this man who is like very um, caring, uh, helps others, respectful towards women, and all that. Um, whilst T'Challa, whilst Killmonger is very not respectful towards women, he's very violent, very angry. Yeah, yeah. So, and. It all comes down to also then like they're bringing up nature versus nurture and all that. And look at Killmonger; he's he's obviously an orphan because his father, um, what was his father was killed by? Um... I'm not sure he was killed by, but um... I think he's killed. No, he's killed by he's killed by the you know the the um, uh, T'Challa's father, the the Black Panther right. before that. T'Chaka. Yeah, T'Chaka, and obviously he was. But he if he got orphaned and obviously he had to survive in this world through like obviously being like a mercenary and all that and obviously he has like marks of every person he's killed like yeah. you know like a doctor Victor Zaz kind of um, well it's persona. based on um, like African like yeah. Ceremon- yeah. ceremonial scar yeah I think it's called like scarification yeah scarification that's it yeah. that's it but um, he's like Killmonger. He's come from his world, world where like African Americans are like oppressed. You yeah. know, you've got like brief brutality. African Americans can still be seen as second class citizens. And he really, he just, his aim is he wants to, Wakanda and T'Challa to realize that, that, you know, our brothers and sisters, you know, our, our people are being oppressed around the world while you sit back and do nothing. Well, I won't take the throne, and I want to help these people. So you can yeah. really understand. Obviously, he's doing it in such a violent way because he's been brought up in that kind of persona, that mindset, that like you know, like not not very negotiable or, or looking at piece of ways. Like take, you need to take what uh, you know. You know, you need to take in order to like achieve. Yeah, and obviously, the child is against that, and as the film goes on. T'Challa questions really his father and like the world around him and all that. But um, but after yeah, the Killmonger is like at the end he's like, oh, we're going to ship off these these highly advanced weapons to our brothers and sisters throughout the world to stir a revolution. And it you know it does it's very much like Black Lives Matter a part of it as well. But I I I find it is very. I find it really interesting. And it's a film that can really open your eyes. Like, if you're not a big fan of, like, watching films like, I don't know, like, uh, Do the Right Thing or even, like, Fruitville Station, Marvel have succeeded in do, creating a plot that you can feel, like, half, half African-Americans are feeling and stuff like that. Like, and obviously looking at, like, societal divisions that still exist today. And people are kind of like ignorant towards, and uh, yeah, I've, I've, and also, yeah, and and you know, like that's what that's why I feel like Killmonger is probably one of the best written Marvel 
um, villains in a, in a in film. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, I like how um, just like the sort of film just integrates like the um, the I wouldn't call it like a, a genre of science fiction. Maybe maybe science fiction and there's fantasy. A, there's a thing, uh, there's a thing called Afro futurism. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Afro futurism yeah. is a version of futurism yeah. in an African yeah. setting. Well, it's good because I mean it's a very fresh take on the sort of idea of these um, hyper advanced societies where you know they're um, they're altruistic or they're um, they're enlightened, you know, in like uh, science, technology, uh, ethics. You know, I mean, obviously, you can draw a lot of um, parallels between like uh, societal problems, and I think. Um, I don't. I think Wakanda. It can't. I don't think you can like say that it's based on something already existing. I think that it's a total, like this, this, like, this fa- fantastical idea of this, this tiny like city state that has managed to hide. Well, not hide. Sorry, but managed to evade colonizers and oppress- oppressors, and managed to uh, to embrace its destiny. Yeah. I'm becoming what what it's you know it's managed to become this well like this state which like people should strive for you know <clears throat> I, I think you know it, I think in the comics it's almost like this um, almost like a Star Trek sort of like, like society it's a utopian society yeah yeah and it's like oh this is what like society should be like yeah but again utopian it's really much a dream. In some cases, yeah. well, the name Utopia means like place that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And people want to have like a utopian society, but I, you know, and I feel like Killmonger was like, "Oh, we want that society in America because of what have African Americans have gone through throughout the history in the United States." He he wants that basically. He like yeah. he strives for it, and I do love at the end where the child realizes. Look, America, like, you know, Wakanda can't stand by as, you know, all this is happening in the world. They need to play a, a more bigger, bigger role in the world. So that's why in the end, they're like part of the UN. You know, they, you know, they, um, they announce in the UN that they are going to, re, you know, reopen uh, the gates to the world. Yeah. Well, they're like integrating into the, integrating, into the world. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the world. That's the world I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah, integrating. Yeah. And I, I think that's really, I think that's. I think that's really yeah. good. Um, and also, the thing with T'Challa, his father that gets killed in that in the, the terrorist attack in Civil War, yeah. and he's thrust into his role as like king, and he's like, "Well, I'm not. He, he's not that ready to be a king." And then obviously, well, then, yeah, yeah, and then you got Killmonger come along, ten or you know, I'm the I'm the actual I'm the leader yeah. and stuff, and then it's, well, it's it, the, it's the same, right? As like thought because it's like, yeah, it's not that. It's, it's not that he he gives it up because he feels he's unfit. It's it, it he realizes that it's his duty to to become the ruler because people need him. People look yeah. to him, yeah. you know, because he's yeah. he is the black uh, the chief of the panther tribe. I think yeah. he's the king. He's the king of Wakanda, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, hey, hey, like in the future, why don't they bring in the X Men? Bring in Storm. Because she's meant to have links to Wakanda in, um, yeah. in the comics. Yeah. But, I mean, um, yeah, the future's looking bright for. Uh, I th- but Black I think Panther. T'Challa in the film, like he's very well drawn out, and he's all, he's a conflict with himself. Yeah. And finally, he obviously defeats Kill- he defeats Killmonger, 
but he, you know, Killmonger, you know, at the end, Killmonger's like, oh, we can save you. And Killmonger's like, no, I don't want, you know, um, I don't want to be saved. Just, you know, bury my body in, in the sea like my yeah. you know, like, like my descendants when uh, they didn't want to live like under oppression. And I think that's really like, like, yeah. like, and the, the title with us is this, this, you know, this, this, this character, this guy's ready to die for like, he believe for something like the child does not completely understand. Yeah, and I'd like to see how it plays out into into Black Panther two, whether like now Wakanda's integrating into the world, how their role is, how the child's role and Wakanda's role is going to like uh, develop. Because at the end of the film, like they set up like um, funding and these like orphanages for like African Americans, yeah, in in America and all that, and it's um yeah, um, uh, two but uh, when I first watched this film, I was a bit like, mm, I'm not, I think that's very good. But the more I, like I did that, you know, the more I like analyzed it, and the more I looked into it, the more I've I've kind it's I kind of find it really interesting. I wouldn't say, yeah, as I said, it's not like the greatest Marvel film or the greatest superhero film, as some people call it. But it's a film that I think was is needed for this time, and a film that looks at like African American identity, like Black identity, in a very unique way. Yeah, it's very much a product of its time. Yeah, I think. Pro- yeah, you know, I think a lot of people needed this film, you know, and I think a lot of people will be inspired by the film because i mean you have to see like the work that must have gone into this film because you see like you know the set design the costume design your hair and makeup everything about it really is like it's 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 insane talk about the music as well yeah uh ludwig Ludwig goranson he's obviously he composed a score for the mandalorian as well and he has a very distinct way of of uh he's swedish i think he is and yeah. yeah, and he and his score of this is like a mixture of like hip hop and um and like African drums and all that African music. I love it. It's like it's like two different worlds converging the one yeah. through music. You know, and especially the Killmonger thing, because Killmonger is like it's like rap, it's like you know, beatbox music, yeah. like mixed in with like African drums. I I, I love it. I, I love that theme, like uh yeah. Now you won the Oscar for it as well, and I, I think he deserves it because I don't yeah. think any other score came out of that year was more unique than uh, Black Panther. The, the it was. Drake's it was score. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I like a bit of like uh, trivia. Is uh, Killmonger's sort of like armor? You know, his, his costume is inspired by Vegeta, uh, Vegeta, Vegeta's armor from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, which that, I really that's like. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. And I love the um, he, he's like he's like a golden like panther in. in uh, I, think, I think it's like a leopard. I, leopard. I don't know, because I think isn't Killmonger called? Hasn't he got like um, a leopard as like a pet or something in the comics? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, his oh, that's it. I think he's got a, a golden jaguar. Or it's either a golden jaguar or le- leopard, and it's called prey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And and even the cast is, like, amazing. Yeah. Like, not, oh, yeah. Not, as well as, like, the other actors in this is, um, it's great. And it's, like, it's, it's like a bunch of, like, like, you know, British 
British, African, African American like actors and actresses. Yeah. So obviously, apart from Chadwick Boseman and Mark B. John, you got Lupita Nyong'o. Um, yeah. She she won an Oscar for Twelve Days, Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, yeah. You got Dan. Denari Gurira, who obviously is Michonne from The Walking Dead. Obviously, as well, you've got Martin Freeman, the prize as well as Everett uh, K. Ross. And he's like a, he's obviously he's that CIA agent um, yeah. type as well. And he's got a like, good relationship with T'Challa. They were together in the comics. Uh, you've got Letitia Wright as Shuri, so T'Challa's sister. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, so. He's um, obviously the main character from uh, Get Out. You know, Sterling K. Brown as Ninjobu, Winston Duke as like the rival tribe leader, Mumbaku, who is like, they're like an ape like thing, aren't they? Like, they've got. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He, he's based off Man Ape. Yeah, Man Ape. Man- so, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he they... becomes Man Ape in, in the comics. Oh, but you know what I mean? It's like his, his character has sort of like been reinterpreted as. Yeah. Um, Chief of the Gorilla Tribe, I think. No, well, he's the chief of this tribe that believes in the Gorilla Gods, isn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, obviously, like by making a character now called Manny, I think it's a bit. Uh, well, it's obviously problematic. So yeah, they can't yeah. really do no, that. But um, no. I don't know. I like how they they differentiated all these different uh, tribes. Um, yeah. Also, you got Andrew Bassett as Ramonda, who is the Charles' mother, so the Queen Regent. Forrest Whitaker as Zuri, and also we got Andy Serkis as Osseous Claw. But I'm disappointed they killed off Andy Serkis' claw, really. Just, just, well, yeah. what's the point of in, uh, introducing him in uh, Age of Ultron if they just killed him off? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, but a bit from, of a wasted character. Apart from that, I, I actually, uh, you yeah. know, I enjoyed this well, film. I, I think like anything to do with those rhinos was cringy. Yeah. Well, I would say like, the, the film. You know, I wouldn't say like it's not the best film. There are some parts I still find it like, like I do find some of like the. Um... I like the story it was telling, but I mean, I don't no, know some I... parts it just seemed like they needed more time to like polish stuff. No, I think it's just the effects I, I disagree with, and obviously that to what a those joke because that feels a bit dated. But yeah, it was, it was very. But yeah. the film technically came out in the film is a sequel came out after the Civil War, so technically it's in a twenty sixteen world. So. You know, that joke is kind of accurate at that time. So, <laughs> just saying that. But I, I actually really, I love the uh, the story. I know me, you've got different um, interpretations of the story. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, that's fine. You have your interpretation. I've got mine. But I really, I really enjoy this um, Black Panther's story, and I think it's like a really important film. Not just, not just for Marvel, but in like Hollywood in general, like. These films that like you need to learn a lot. I mean, big budget blockbusters. I look at, like, delve into like African African American <laughs> identity. So that's all I have to say about the film. Anything else you want to say? Or um, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've said as much as I want about the Black Panther. <laughs> all right. So um, yeah. I went on like a little lecture just back then. <laughs> um, so. We thought our post credit scenes. Yeah. So, are we going to rate our? Are we going to go through our post the post credits? Are we going to rate our favorite ones? Um, rate them, is it? Yeah. So, um, how many are they? Like this. There's a. It's weird because some of them have like. Um, okay, 
have a good... What did we do last time about this? Did we um did we just rate I, them as we go along? Yeah, I think we just rate. Oh, right, okay, okay. So um, so should we just go through the? Should we just mention go through each one and yeah. then we rate them? Because uh, yeah. So Captain America: Civil War. The 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 post credit is um, Captain America's in hiding with um. Bucky Barnes and Bucky Bucky Barnes is um, in Wakanda, so T'Challa's hiding hiding them because yeah, T'Challa's hiding them in uh, Wakanda. I think they, I think he helps them break out of um, the raft as well. Yeah, um, I, I think it's in food that he did. Yeah, so then Doctor Strange. Then you got the meeting with um, Thor and Doctor Strange, as I've seen for Ragnarok. Um, well, about... I, I, and there's that one with um, uh, Baron Mordor. Oh, yeah, takes, he kills away uh, Pangborn's magic. Yeah, yeah. Pangborn's magic. Yeah, he says, Oh, there's, a, there's, I think it's like too many sorcerers or something he yeah. says. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 2, we have Anne Warlock hatching. There's a lot of, we, there's a lot of, um, obviously, you've got a cool one with uh, the Watchers and Stanley, Stanley yeah. cameo. Um, yeah, this one's got the animal like one hatching. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, we've got Scorpion and the Vulture meet in Rikers Island. And um, Scorpion's like, oh, tell me who Spider-Man is. And obviously, um, Vulture doesn't tell him who's... Because of the Spider-Man saved Vulture. So Vulture's like, you know, I won't tell you who, who he is. And for Ragnarok, we have got the... Uh, the uh, the arrival of Thanos' ship setting up uh, the very depressing events of beginning of Infinity <laughs> War, distressing as well. So, yep, yeah. and then uh, Black Panther, then we have then got um, uh, Charla giving uh, Bucky, who's just come out of uh, sleep mode, um, a metallic, like a vibranium arm. So, yeah, yeah. so. I think uh, any. I think any other missed or I think that's it. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. Right. So um, it's good for my favorite, my my top one. So uh, I trying to go trying to go. Uh, I okay. I, I okay. I would say my top top. Actually, we go from like, the worst one. Actually, the the bottom to you know worst to best. So I think the um, obviously I think the. The Black Panther, like Bucky Barnes arm thing, is just like I don't think it's like obviously. I, I think that's, like, I would say it's the worst, but that's like my least favorite. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one I think is going to be um, obviously Doctor Strange beats four in um, yeah in Doctor Strange that one, and then I and then obviously the third one is going to be. Um, Scorpion asks, like Vulture. Is... There's not really any any reveals in that in that in that uh, post credit scene at all. Um, and then the second one, no, yeah, so that one, and then the one after that is going to be um, Civil War one, where we get like you know a first look at Wakanda as well. So that was like a bit of like a reveal of like, can we never see we saw Wakanda before? Yeah, I mean, we only see like the beginning of like the like kind of like a glimpse of Wakanda in this post credit scene. And then after that, I think 
it's um, I think Anna Warlock uh, hatching because yeah. obviously it's like yes Anna Warlock's coming and I think my favourite one has got to be the uh, Thor Ragnarok Thanos arrives because yeah. we don't we didn't know when Thanos was going to it was going to be in the film and then when his ship arrives you're like you know you just get you get that chill on your neck you know that Something's going to go down. You know that people are going to die, yeah. and that sets up. Obviously, we knew Infinity War was coming, and we knew that, like, oh, Infinity War is going to start off from this. Yeah, and even and it's really interesting looking at this. Like, imagine watching this post-credit scene and then watching straight away Infinity War, and you got that chilly opening where it's not like that really that you know that very um, you know. Uh, positive, like energetic, like uh, Marvel theme tune that shows with like the Marvel credits, but then you've got kind of so this one instead in Infinity War, your Kenneth Branagh said, "No, this is the Asgardian uh, fleet. We are under attack," and the movie that goes with it. So I got, I got to say, um, the full Ragnarok post credit is my favorite. Mm. What about your ones? Um, I don't know, probably like. My least favorite is probably the Doctor Strange one, just like Thor, because it's just like yeah. Obviously, it's just like footage from um, uh, from Ragnarok, and it just reminds me a lot of the um, oh, what is it? It's it's the post credits that sort of ha- it showed um, the Winter Soldier being captured by um, the Falcon and Captain America. Oh, it just reminded me of that oh, one. Sorry, sorry, I forgot to mention the Baron uh, Mo- the Baron uh, the Mordor um, the yeah. Mordor one. I would say that I think I would go. I would go with um, probably the Spider Man one. I think that, yeah. I think I'd be like, I think Spider Man's like above it. So yeah. yeah. Well, um, after that, I, I like the um, uh, Civil War one when they, they establish obviously that um, Wakanda is going to be a player in in the future. Well, they just, they show the yeah. that badass yeah. like. Almost looks like an onyx, like panther statue, which yeah, is cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, then Black Panther, because you know, I mean, I, I like the Winter Soldier anyway, and I mean, I think they established that his name's the White Wolf, you know, which yeah. was really cool. And they showed the vibranium arm, which was awesome. Um, I mean, nothing really happens in those three, so that's no, why I like this no. there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, probably Spider-Man Homecoming because they, they, they it almost hints at the establishment of the Sinister Six. Yeah, there's no big um, there's no big reveals in that. Yeah, uh, Strange Captain Civil War, and then um, Doctor Strange probably because I don't know it hints that like Baron Mordor is gonna have a more uh, a more malevolent presence in the future, and then I don't know I, I like all like the sort of the Guardians of the Galaxy ones. Yeah. You know, so you got um, what is it? So you got Teenage Groot, which was oh, funny, I suppose. <laughs> um, I will, Adam I, Warlock. I'm I'm looking at this more as like uh, well, I did my more for like the mo- the main post credit scenes because the oh, Guardians right. two. There's a it's just a bunch of them just like thrown in. Yeah. Like, oh, the main ones then is like um, Adam Warlock. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, this, you know, the establishment of Adam Warlock and sort of the the um, the implications that he will. You know, fight or you know yeah you'll combat the guardians of the galaxy and also now you'll combat thor yeah well hopefully that seems quite cool so yeah i mean i think that's about it i think i think that's all of the probably um full act and rock post credit oh yeah oh um 
They're all up there with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really know which ones I prefer. I mean, because it's really cool. It shows like... You must choose they, they, one. Yeah. I mean, I don't no, know. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe choose... that one. Okay. Maybe, maybe that one. So we all decided... Uh... I, I like how it sort of like establishes that, you know, it's all happy or lucky, you know, even like Thor's made up with Loki and then... It's... This mothership comes out of nowhere. It's, and... it's definitely out of the out of the out of the flying pan into the fire. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love. I love that saying. It's like it goes from one shit situation to another. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So um, we're not going to rate these our films yet. We're going to do that on Saturday. So we want to do it like as a big hole. So then, obviously, we can decide. We can rate. Like our favorites, yeah. You know the MCU Phase Three films, and then we will say our favorites on Saturday. But on Saturday, uh, we're we're going to be releasing the episode either on Saturday or Sunday. It, dep- it depends, really. Um, we kind of, we kind of not done Saturday for a while. We've gone on to Sunday, but um, we actually we actually we actually record it and then we release on Monday. So. Um, I think we're going to go back to Saturday and then release on Sunday, so we'll give people more time to um, listen to both episodes of the week. So, yep, so on Saturday we're going to be doing Infinity War, Atman and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. And uh, Ooh, yeah, Can't wait. Yeah, and then obviously an episode later on we're going to do a future MCU content. And also, speaking of superheroes, um, the week after, we are going to be doing a DC fan fandom discussion, future DC TV shows, movies, and yeah, see what, see what we like to see, what, you know, what we don't, what we're not looking forward to seeing and all that. So, yeah. So, yeah, anything else you want to say? Um, no, I think you've uh, succinctly covered all of that. <laughs> yeah, but these films, like, they're all... These first six films are all a big setup for uh, yeah for the the, the mother load of Infinity War and Endgame <laughs> coming up. Oh. I feel so found around the wasp being this like in the middle. Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. I'll, I'll say stuff when I come to about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh... Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. I am Reese Bolton signing off, and I'm Reese Jones signing off. Bye bye. <laughs>